Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today, I will be joined by guest host Adam Shore, and we will be drinking a 2020 Shiraz, recapping week five of the 2023 season, and breaking down each team through one month of play. Grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said. Alrighty, welcome back to the Foul Vine Podcast. Today, I am happy to introduce a guest host while Sarah is drowning in wine throughout the middle of Italy. Uh, please welcome fellow baseball fanatic, Pittsburgh softball legend. And former lover of Jalapeno Hannah, Adam Shore. Shore, welcome to the Thank podcast. You. I appreciate that it's amazing the, introduction. Uh, one correction: former yeah. lover. Um, that that's still ongoing. I'm still oh, pursuing. Okay. Yeah, well, thanks I mean, for the correction. That's good to know. Yeah. No, the the, the journey to Jalapeno Hannah eh, that never ends. That's that's ongoing. She is a usually from usually from May to September. That's the height of the relationship. Baseball season. Yeah, yeah, and then she goes off and does. God she's probably like a life. snowbird. She goes down to Florida with <laughs> right, right. Well, how, she's got a train. You can't be running True. pole to pole, and you know, yeah, no, right. You know, I'd like to see her um, in like a World Baseball Classic or like a Dominican Winter League. Like, she needs to get the reps in because her performance right now has been all right. I don't know what the standings are at right, right now. You know, they, they they've introduced what um, Pete is back now. Yeah, call so, you know they they're trying they're trying to spread the the shine a little bit, but she'll she'll reclaim what's hers. We're, I'm confident of it. Nice. Well, this week, so Sarah is in Italy, uh, like I said, um, enjoying wine. I'm jealous, uh, but I thought it was a good opportunity to have you on. We're going to talk some baseball, and I know you want to introduce a wine. So you want to get into that? Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, this is something that Scotty and I, Scotty and I have uh, shared on a couple of occasions. Um, it's something that uh, my family has introduced to me a couple of years ago, probably even further than that. Um, it's called Molly Duker. Um, it's a Syrah. It's an Australian wine. Um, and really just something that I'm familiar with that I was comfortable talking about. And it also has a pretty interesting twist compared to other wines. Um that have either been introduced on the show here or just generally. Um, it is an Australian wine. Um, Molly Duker is Aussie slang for a left-hander. So as you can see on the bottle, you got a little boxer there. So it's a left-handed boxer. And the reason being, um, or, like the name of it, a little bit, right? You got <laughs> the anchor, the anchor tattoo there. It's a little bit lower on the forearm. Um, the reason for the 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 lefty boxer and kind of how Molly Duker has branded themselves is the family that came up with it um, and that makes the wine, they're all left-handed. So they kind of just went off of that. Um, when they greet you, if you go to their vineyard, it's always with the left hand. Uh, when they set uh, the wine at your table, it's always going to be on the left side. Um, so it's just something that kind of makes it a little bit more unique. Um when you're enjoying their wine. Uh, the most interesting part though, is not the whole left hand um, idea, but how you're, how you're supposed to drink the wine. So we have a little bit of a presentation. Um, and to start off, Scotty, you're going to need two glasses. Got them. Okay. 
So one thing that's interesting about Molly Duker, it's preserved in nitrogen. So the nitrogen, how they explain it, um, it helps with the sulfate. So it's very little sulfate. So if you tend to get rosy cheeks, asthma, um, even headaches while drinking wine, it's supposed to prevent that. Um, it's also a vegan friendly wine for anybody out there that's looking for something uh, that suits them. Um, however, the nitrogen also plays into other factors. And the main thing is the, the taste and the aroma of the wine. So the first thing we have to do uh, is open our bottle. So we're gonna twist off the bottle and you're gonna pour about halfway down the neck into one of your glasses, okay? All right. Okay. So you're gonna take your cap. This is super important. You're gonna twist it back on, make sure that's tight. All right. All right. We're gonna turn this upside down and we're gonna give it a shake for about three to four seconds. All right, so we're gonna go. All right. And what that does, and it's gonna be hard to see on the screen here, but you can oh. see it bubbling up in your bottle, right? Oh yeah. And that's releasing the nitrogen. So if you open the bottle up, you maybe be able to hear it fizz a little bit. Oh yeah. And then you're gonna put it back on. We're gonna give it one more shake. This is the famous Molly Duker shake. You're gonna turn it around, do the same shake. Then we're gonna open it up and then we're gonna pour into our second glass. Give myself a hefty pour. All right, that's fine. I'm probably gonna have a couple more of these, so pour away. So we're gonna try the difference between both wines. You should be able to taste a big flavor difference between the wine pre-shake and the wine post-shake. And that being the nitrogen has released it. And it's pretty interesting on their website, how they describe it is like a ball, okay? The nitrogen, when it's in the wine, it's kind of flattened. And then when you release it, it kind of expands the ball and they relate that to expanding the flavor of the wine. So you try the first one, the one that you didn't shake, give it a little smell. Mm. What do you think about that first taste with the one that the you one didn't that shake right. is uh, pretty bold and dry, I would say. Right, right, and it's not it's not bad, um, mm -hmm. but like you said, it, it is bold. Um, there's not much smell to it mm -hmm. at all. Um, you don't really get a sense of kind of like the flavors that you're drinking. Now, if we go to the one that you did the Molly Duker shake with, I think it's a pretty significant difference. Smoother, way smoother. Right off the bat, you can tell. Um, the flavors, I think it's a little bit of like a black cherry, uh, plum type taste. They also say that it's kind of like a toasted oak with rich chocolate. I don't get so much of that as much as I do the, the black cherry plum. So I was going to say with the one that we didn't shake, um, I'm getting like a, with the boldness, boldness, I'm getting like a licorice, like chocolatey taste right right and, and what the one you we did shake um, it's more fruity aromatic exactly. like it's the the dark berries like you said right right and i think that's kind of the, just expanding the flavor and the nitrogen uh, releasing from the wine um so you know you could drink it either way there's no right way to drink it but this is how molly duker is telling us how to do it and it does make a significant difference right off the bat 
Yeah, it's different. It's the southpaw of wine, right? Uh, right, exactly. So, um, no, this was cool. I When I asked you to come on, I was like thinking about this because we tried this maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. You've been telling me about it and it's just different. I'd never seen that type of process before drinking wine, like shaking up the bottle and stuff. Um, Mo, right, usually we're just going right for it. Just yeah, pour it in. Diving right in. Pour another one, right, exactly. So no, it's uh, it's a it's a good bottle. Um, you could find it pretty much any liquor store wherever you get wine. It's a little bit on the pricier side, but if you're looking for a, a nice bottle, I highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, we're gonna sip on this throughout the episode, and at the end, like always, we're going to come back with a, a wine grade and comp. Um, before we move on, um, sure. What other wines do you like? Just curious. I'm a big, big Malbec guy, which I know is a Love fan it. favorite of the show um, and a, a favorite of Scotty Moe. Um, <laughs> that and a, a Chianti, so a little bit more on the dry side, uh, but I usually try and stick to red wines. I'm not much of a white wine guy. Um, mm. I don't really like too sweet. Um, yeah. I like a little bit more dry or a little bit more tannic, but um, I usually find myself buying Malbecs or Chiantis. Yeah, we have a very similar taste. I've been trying to broaden my horizons, especially with summer approaching. You know, it's nice sometimes to be outside in the, um, you know, somewhere warm, maybe at a restaurant, you're having like a, maybe fish or something like that on a night out and you get like a cold glass of dry white wine. I'm trying to broaden my horizons there. It's not easy, but um, yeah, definitely more yeah, of a red wine guy. I'm not trying to walk around in 100 degree weather drinking a red wine necessarily all the time. But, but um, it's, it's difficult because when you walk into the store, there's so many options and you know what you like and you just keep yeah. going back to that type of wine. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely need to get back out there and try some new things. Cool. Well, we will take a little pause here and then we'll come back and recap week five. All right, we're back. We're ready to recap week five. Um, we're one month through the season and, I have to keep up tradition every week. I keep saying, can the season slow down? And Sarah's like, you said that last week. So I'm going to say it again. Can the season please slow down? We're so much baseball already. I feel like it's flying by. As a Pirates fan, I'd say, let's just stop it right now. <laughs> stop but, the count. <laughs> yeah, stop stop the count. Let's <laughs> let's end it. We're the best in the NL. Yeah. You know, we we have our, our, our faults and our holes here and there, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into today. But um the best April that I can remember, you know, in the last 10 years, at least. For sure. For sure. We'll definitely get to that. We'll start in the AL East. I'm excited because I've, I've seen you've been, been taking notes over the past couple of days. Um, right. So I'm excited to chop it up here. Let's start in the AL East. Um, because I'm the host, I get to decide who we start with. We're going with the Yankees. Of course. Of course. Let's get into it, Scotty. What they, do you think about the Yanks right now? How are we doing? We lost two, three of four in Texas. Not a good road trip. Um, you know, Judge hit the IL with a, a right hip strain. It kind of scares me a little bit, bit because he had an oblique issue a couple years ago, which sidelined him for a while, sort of the same area. Um, and he, when he came back, he wasn't really the same. Um, so I'm a little bit scared there, but it's only 10-day IL. Uh, he should be back soon. We just need, like, they need someone to step up big time, like, when Judge is right. gone, this team is so different. Yeah, my, my my main concern, the biggest note I have on the Yankees right now, one, the, the injury bug is a real thing with them. I mean, it's not just Judge. You had Stanton, Bader, who I believe just came off 
just came back. Dial, yeah. uh, Radon, Sever, Severino, Montas. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, and that being said, just the lack of depth mm-hmm. is concerning for me, especially in the AL East when things are go, go, go. You yeah. know, you're not you're not the top dog anymore. You can't. It doesn't seem like you can get that week off where you can drop a series here and there. I mean, we're we're gonna get into the rest of the East, but. I know we're only in April, but it just seems like you're losing ground so fast. Yep. There's no slouches for sure. Um, And that's what scares me. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. I was, I tell a lot of my friends that are Yankee fans too, that, you know, I would much rather go through this right now and get hot later. um, Because last year, the Yankees were off this unbelievable pace and then August hit and like the race caught up with them. And, seemed like no one was going to catch up to them all year. Um, and then we even saw like the Phillies last year. Like they were like, I think under 500 by Memorial Day and they made the World Series. I didn't think they were making the playoffs. They got the last spot. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not panicking yet, but I am concerned because like you said, the lack of depth and they need guys to step up. You can't rely on rookie Anthony Volpe to carry the load, even though I think he's, I'm not as worried about him as others are. Like you, there's a lot of guys you just need to be patient with. And I, I've seen, positive signs there but you need like a guy um like a uh, glaber to have step up dj to step up bader to step up um even over the last couple games willie calhoun who's been like kind of a former prospect guy quad a guy he had a couple good games here but someone needs to step up right right and i i haven't by any means declared the yankees dead and i don't think i ever will just because they are the new york yankees they're gonna find a way but it's a long season. You're going to go through some peaks and valleys. And like you said, I, I'd rather have your worst worst start in April, mm-hmm. even May. Um, but again, just because of the division that they're in, it, it's hard to kind of see the long run there when everybody is kind of hitting their, you know, hitting the ground right early. It, but, you know, we've seen the fairy tale story over and over again at the end of the season. I don't remember. Jesus might've been a long time ago. The Rockies won like 30 straight or some. Yeah. ridiculous number like that and end up going to the world series i mean they got crushed but swept it, it's right yeah by the red sox it's a streaky game you just yeah. got to kind of fi- find your groove here and you know hopefully people get healthy maybe you'll get your guy donaldson back in the lineup <laughs> don't get me started please <laughs> i'm not addressing that right right i mean i left that off my list on purpose but i i, I figured i'd bring it up um like i said i'm i'm not too worried about it right now I have faith that, you know, they'll get it together, but they're going to have to take some series from the Rays. They're going to have to have some hard fought battles with the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, they got know. to Tampa this weekend. So, right. So, you know, and that that's a great matchup to kind of see where they're at right now, which sure. I think we know where they're at right now. And we know where the Rays are at right now, but you know, you, you never know when you're, you're fighting within the division. Yeah. I'm going to just say a couple more things before we move on. Um, you know, they had a bounce back series here with Cleveland at home. Trevino had a walk off single yesterday. Um, Garrett Cole is really keeping this team alive. Like he's pitching unbelievably right now. They've won every start that he's he's had. Um, one last note: I think the closer position is going to change here soon. I don't think Clay Holmes is going to be our closer much longer. He's blown two straight saves. He has he's kind of struggled since the end of last year. Um, just watch out for two guys, Michael King and Ron Marinaccio to take over that closer role, or maybe it might be closure by committee. Cause not a lot of, there's a lot of teams that do closure by committee nowadays. It's right. You don't have your one single horse anymore. 
necessarily. But um, yeah, let's move on to um, let's go to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays take two of three at home versus the Mariners. It's a big series. That's who they played in the playoffs last year. Those are two playoff teams, in my opinion. Um, they they would have they would have taken three. I mean, if, if you watch the whole series, that that last game was theirs. Yeah, Cal Raleigh, uh, big then, dumper. Big dumper, yeah. I have the note here, a.k.a. big dumper. Um, I think he went deep twice mm-hmm. in, in that game. Um, you know, it, w- without the comeback, the Blue Jays, look they look good right now. And, and there's no reason that they shouldn't with just, you know, the names that they have in that lineup. It's, again, it's the AL East. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to watch what I say carefully because anybody could kind of take that step and move forward, but... Bichette, I mean, he's going to get Killing MVP it. votes. I mean, he's 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 leading the league in hits right now, I believe. Yep. And last year, he also led the league in hits at this point of the season, and I think the year before that as well. Um, the top of their order is disgusting. Bo, Vladdy, and don't forget Matt Chapman being as good as he is defensively. Like if he, I've always said, if he hits, if he hits the ground um, running at the plate, he's going to be a perennial MVP candidate. Hitting three seventy two right now. Yeah, Matt Matt Chapman in his last seven games, he's hitting 372 right now. In his last seven games, he's hitting 391 with only four strikeouts. Insane. And his WRC plus, which is now my favorite thing in the entire world, <laughs> which we'll get into, is 209. The league average is 100. That's ridiculous. In the last seven games. So adding him to the mix, like you said, along with Vladdy, Bichette, I mean, their defense looks good. The pitching can be hit or miss you know Manoa hasn't been great. Manoa yeah yeah he, he hasn't been great but they're going to keep themselves in ball games just from the run production that they they put on a day-to-day basis yeah I think I'm more worried about the bullpen than the rotation if anything um Barrios has been kind of disappointing but Gosman has been really consistent he had a career high in K's this week against the Mariners um their bullpen, I can definitely see an addition being made there during the trade deadline to continue um, their run. But this team is dangerous. I mean, I, I, obviously the Rays are off to a ridiculous start, but I could see them winning the ALEs just as much. Right, they're electric. Everything about them, just the personalities they have on that team. Romano with his uh, his closing, I don't know if you might be the best there. entrance. Yeah, it's it's up there for sure. Um, if you, if you watch it on MLB TV, they won't go to commercial. They'll they'll kind of follow him onto the field and bring you through it, and it's, it gives you goosebumps every single time. Yeah. Um, it's in Toronto loves them. It's it's one of the better places to see a game when that stadium is absolutely packed. Um, it kind of has the feel of a hockey game. I know the it's entire Canada. country has an incredible fan base and ba- baseball fan base. Like, right. Unbelievable. Right. It's, it's electric. I mean, just, you know, you get the home run siren, like you're, like you're at a hockey game. I mean, the, the place is shaking when the roof is closed. It's, it has to be one of the loudest stadiums easily in baseball. I mean, you automatically go back and think of Jose Batista. Oh, you know, the bat flip, the, the bat flip, the classic bat flip, but it, it easily, you know, has carried on from then. And they love that team and, and the props to the organization is, you know, kept them competitive yeah um the only reason i wouldn't want them to win is because of our friend mark but you know it is what it is yeah mark's you know we can let him have some happiness here and there uh, yeah. you know we don't want him at it high all the time but you know he, he needs to get one you know every once in a while but 
for the most part, I, I don't want to see him happy when the Blue Jays are winning. Yeah, yeah, no, that that would that would be that would be bad. Happy Mark, yeah. not happy us. Um, let's move on to the Rays, Tampa Bay. What uh, I'm, I'm a I'm a little bit sour at the yeah sure moment right now because the Rays just swept the Pirates as of you know three hours ago. Um, I don't think the Pirates went in and played their best series. I mean, I think there was 11 unearned runs throughout the entire series. A lot of errors. Yeah. A lot of, lot of errors. But putting that aside, the Rays are an absolute wagon. They're, yeah. I don't see a hole in their lineup right now. No. And the biggest hole they have is that Mickey Mouse ball, ballpark that they play in. <laughs> yeah. That's, that place is atrocious. And that's a conversation for another day. But man, can they hit what one through nine? I mean, a Rosarena is it, this might be a little bit of bias carrying over from the WBC, but he just he gets he gets you going like and it, that has to be such a big part of that clubhouse. Um, but guy. I think he, he he hit a home run today. Um, I'm pretty sure he doubled three times throughout the series. Uh, Taylor Walls hit a ball as far as you could possibly hit one. Um Yandy Diaz barrels everything. I think he has the hardest hit ball this season at 113 miles per hour. And and right when you think, you know, they have some injuries with the pitching, you know, they add another arm in Taj Bradley that looks like he's going to, you know, be a guy. And McClanahan improves the 6-0. and Like, yeah, you lose Glasnow and Taj, but you have Taj Bradley. You have Zach Efron. Right. There's so much depth there. I mean, it's just a very well-run organization. Um and I think this is the best raised team I've seen, just like top to bottom. Yeah, and it's it's going to be telling, you know, maybe when we get into to July or August where where they're at. But it just doesn't seem like they're slowing down. They just they know how to produce runs. They and even when they're not producing runs, they play great defense, mm-hmm. um, and, and they can do it with with a little bit of style, as we saw with Wander, which kind of. Shook the, shook the boomer baseball community up a little bit but a lot of they're, old they're, men in pittsburgh were screaming at clouds today so oh man just screaming into the twitter void but <laughs> it's they're just fun to watch e- even when the pirates were getting just handled it was like wow okay well we're still watching the Rays play and this is just good baseball yeah no they're definitely a fun watch and like i remember looking at this lineup before the season my I really am regretting my preseason picks because I didn't have them in the playoffs. Um, they, like looking at the lineup, I'm like, yeah, their their rotation could be the best in baseball, but like I don't, this lineup isn't sexy to me. Like Yandy Diaz hasn't put it together yet. Is Harold Ramirez a guy? Um, Randy can be so streaky, but then he got just that carryover from the World Baseball Classic. Um, Wander is a perennial MVP candidate. I I, I think we haven't even come close to seeing his peak. Um, so yeah, this team is really scary, and they got the Yankees this weekend. So in Tampa, and the and the Yankees hate playing in Tampa. So this should be fun. Yeah, all three thousand fans will be there to cheer them <laughs> on. Um, next, the Red Sox. The Red Sox have greatly exceeded my expectations. I will say that um, they're without um, Adam Duvall. Um, you know, Rafael Devers isn't even playing his best baseball. Like he's he's hitting the ball hard, but like they take two of three versus Cleveland at home, and they're aiming for a four game sweep of the Blue Jays today. They're playing right now, the Blue Jays. 
Do we know what the score of that game is? I think last I checked, it was one nothing uh, Boston. Let me just double check again. Oh, it's four nothing Boston. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, that's huge. The, the one, the one note I tried to put, like a, a one one word note for each teams and maybe how I think they're playing. As of late, they're crushing. That they're mm-hmm. hitting the long ball. Devers. I mean, like you said, he hasn't hit his stride, but when he makes contact, the ball goes a billion feet. Oh, he swings so hard. Um, it's violent. Violent swing. It's violent. Yeah. Yoshida got off to a little bit of a slow start. He's crushing. Yeah. Um, to the point where we think, you know, you consider him, you know, in the AL rookie and, you know, oh, easily. Easily. Stale had a rough start, but um, had a very good outing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went six, six innings, one against run Toronto. Against Toronto. Yeah. And then Trevor Story comes back in like July, I think. So, Wow, I, I think our lineup story. Yeah, I think their lineup is exceeding expectations um and impressive, but their rotation will not be able to sustain them through the season. It just won't. Unless Brian right. Chris Sale returns to form, Brian Bayo is a stud. They're not going to be able to rely on Pavetta and Tanner Houck. Um and their bullpen is not deep. I mean, they got Kenley Jansen, they signed Chris Martin, they signed uh they traded for Rick, Richard Blyer, but like the pitching is just going to be their downfall. It, 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 there's no, I just can't see a scenario where they, you know, finish the season season above Tampa and Toronto. Yeah, I was going to say this is very negative thinking, but I, you're more than likely to see Stale on the IL than him making. Yeah, yeah getting back so. to his prime. It, no, it, it's foolish to think that he would, but yeah. And and I'll before we get off of this, I just back to Yoshida real quick. I, I did his 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 line right now in the past 10 games, 370 batting average, his on-base percentage is at 433, and he's slugging 741. That's just to kind of give everybody an idea of of I think he's gonna win a I think he's gonna win a batting title. I really do. Like he's got a great a plus plus bat and he's just getting hot. And he's also shown people didn't think he was going to have the power that he has. Like he's he's been slugging. Like he's got a high slugging percentage. I mean yeah, um, they're they're crushing. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. But while we're on the AL East, I'm just going to say every single time, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Which takes us to Baltimore, and Baltimore impressive. They the Tampa, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh three of the smallest markets. All twenty wins. Great story. They got a lot of young talent. They split and they're split in KC so far. I think they have a game today to determine who wins the series. Let's see where that's at. They took oh they beat um thirteen to ten. They beat the Royals. Wow, that's a high scoring game. Um, so they win the series against Kansas City. Um, but they take and they also take two of three in Detroit. So they've won their last two series. Um, the story that here is, you know, Jorge Mateo. The speed power combo is. Pretty impressive. A lot of young talent. They've and Gunnar Henderson hasn't even like hit a stride yet. Like I, I'm not worried about him, but it, Adley's played really well. He's I think Adley right now is at what 313 uh through the first month. Um mm-hmm. that's great production for a catcher. Um their bullpen, Felix Bautista and Yanier Kane Kano. Cano. Yeah, so the funny you bring that up. Um I have a note on uh Cano. He uh so he was acquired i believe last year from the twins for jorge lopez um, for jorge lopez and he he was i think more of an afterthought in that trade yep it's kind of like hey 
we'll throw him into. He had an 11 ERA with the Twins. He had control issues. And that was in the minors too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he he was he was on the struggle bus. He has thrown 11 innings this year. Um and he's given up zero hit. Zero. He has hit one batter. That's the one guy that's gotten on base. But other than that, he's just been, you know, lights a, out. A great lights out seven eighth inning guy. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna hold the game for you. Um, they're exciting. Um, Rushman, I think he's gonna get MVP votes. Yep. As well. Yep. His last seven games, he's flashing four seventeen, slugging five forty two, and he's on base at four eighty four. Um, and that's like that's like those are that's a catcher. Yeah, that's a catcher. You, know, you we, don't that's plus plus offensive value at that position because you don't like the bar is low. Oh, it's so it's so low, but he's I mean, they they knew what they were doing with him and they brought him along perfectly. Um and, and that team is just exciting to watch. Cedric Mullins, I mean, plus defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's given them some great at bats this year. He he's great on the. He's fun to watch running. We'll we'll see. Um, I think my concern with fun. them, and I've said this like multiple times on the podcast with uh, Sarah, but I was really disappointed by their off season. Like for the you know they're they're bringing up all their their young players. Um, they've got all their future team in the position player wise at the major league le- level, along with Grayson Rodriguez. I would have liked to see them add on the pitching side. Um, you know, their bullpen can be, you know, they're, they're good in the back of the bullpen, but their rotation, I think might hurt them down the stretch. Like you're, you're relying on Kyle Gibson to be your, your top dog. Um, right. You know, Grayson Rodriguez, you can't expect a rookie pitcher to carry the team. I'd like to see them if they continue, I'd like to see them add, add a starting pitcher in the rotation. Um, but leave it to Mike Elias, their GM who used to, uh, run scouting for the Astros. He helped build all those Astros teams. I mean, finding guys like Cano, um, Felix Bautista, um, you know, Jorge Mateo, like having this like late career breakout. So they're exciting. Um, I I have worries about them, not as much about um, as with the Red Sox, but I do have some pitching worries with them. Yeah, um, the the pitching, it is concerning. I, I do like Grayson. I don't think they've let him go more than five innings. Yeah. As of late, and I mean, they're kind of bringing them along again. It's only we're in the first week of May, you know. We'll we'll see how that progresses, but they're just they're an exciting team to watch. It's it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch or when we get to, you know, the All Star break where they're at. Um, but even guys like Mountcastle, who I, I kind of gave up on a year or two ago. His OPS is 783 right now. He's brought in 26 RBIs. Yeah, if that He's fence taken. was in in left field, he'd have like right. double digit home runs. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like even even guys like him, who you know people were ready kind of to throw to the side. I mean, he he's he's stroking the bat a little bit right now. Yeah, um, and you know we'll, we'll see if that that lasts throughout the summer. But um, right now they're right in right in the middle of that AL East run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exciting team. Um, we are actually going on a trip in a next, not this weekend, but next weekend. We're going to see the Pirates uh, play in Baltimore. Also going to go to the Nationals Park. I'm excited for that. Camden Yards is one of my favorite ballparks. So, um, Adley, head us up. Yeah, Adley, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, yes, we're going to be sure. there. Get us on the field. Let's talk. I think you should leave. Yep. 
We have a lot in common, Adley. <laughs> we have so much in common. You have no idea. Let's be best friends. Um, let's go on to the AL Central. I feel like this is going to be our quickest run through. Uh, this division is um, bad. Let's just be be honest. Uh, it's bad. So I just want to, before we talk about how bad the White Sox are, I want to congratulate them on winning their first uh, series of the season. Did they beat the Twins today? They were aiming for a sweep of the Twins, which was pretty impressive. Let's see. Um, no, they lost to the Twins. Of course they did. Um, right. So they won their first series of the season. Another uh, bright spot for them. Liam Hendricks you know, coming back, uh, beating cancer. Um, he's on his way back up to Chicago. Uh, but he's coming back to a mess. You know, people are saying maybe Tony LaRusso wasn't at fault. No, he was. Um, but this team is just a mess. It's, it's, there's no depth. Um, I just don't think they play well together. Um, I, like the whole, we, we talked earlier today about Luis Robert, um, like not talking to his trainer, like communicating with the team about his injury when he was dogging at the first base. Like, come on, man. Right. And, and, for, you know, this was a couple of games ago. He had a little bit of a chopper to third base. And when guys in the, in, in the, in the show, when they sense that they can get a hit, they're, they're going down the line. Like you don't, you got to take what you can get. I mean, he, he dogged it. it. It came out that he had a hamstring injury and apparently he was telling teammates the day before that he had some, you know, some tightness or he was a little bit sore. How, how does your manager not know that? How do your trainers not know that? Yeah. How how do you have hamstring tightness and you put them in the outfield the next day? The the entire organization just kind of seems like it's in such a downfall right now. There, there's no stopping it. The if, if you want a perfect explanation of what's going on in uh, the south side of Chicago right now, go on Twitter and just type in White Sox rant and, and you'll hear <laughs> That was a, a fine gentleman from from probably that was beautiful. Yeah, from the south side of Chicago, just highlighting everything that's wrong with this organization. Um, I mean, from the hiring of Larusa, which I don't think anybody in the baseball community thought was a good idea, except no, you, for Jerry <laughs> absolutely Reinsler. not. Yeah, and the, one funny video is is who runs after Robert Larusa, and I had Larusa kind of doing a little <laughs> run to home plate, and Robert running to first base. But man, I mean, even with you're, you're looking at this team who can spend the money, they have guys. They have Timmy Anderson, who's a stud. Uh, Robert is a stud. I mean, you can go down the list, and you have guys there. But in the off season, you're bringing in Ben Attendee and Clevenger. Yeah. Odd moves. Who just, it doesn't, I mean, Clevenger from, besides a locker room guy, you know, bringing in someone like that, he's just not, it's not a good person to add to your rotation. Ben Attendee's not going to move the needle for you. There, it's abysmal. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's, I think, this is what was going to be my question. So first, let me just say that they lost three or four, like we said, to Tampa at home. Um, you know, Andrew Vaughn had a walk off on Sunday and then, you know, they went two or three against the twins. Good for them. Um, but I think that they should, well, it's early yet, but I think they're trending towards blowing it up because this team has no prospect capital at all. Um, there's no depth. Um, I'm a, I, I just don't know what their plan is. I think 
by August, I could see, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I could see Tim Anderson being the Atlanta Braves shortstop or anyone, anyone else who's shortstop. He would look really good Oof. in those City Connect jerseys. He would, he would. And he, he just, he fits, he fits that scheme. He fits ATL. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think they should blow it up and uh, maybe we're talking too soon. I obviously don't wish that for Southside fans, but doesn't look That's good. okay. I don't, I don't care at all. Just blow it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> that takes us, you know, let's go to the twins real quick, because I think in my opinion, this might be the best team in the division. I, always, Oh yeah. I believe in Cleveland, but like, this team, I think, has it top to bottom, and they have depth. They take three of four versus Kansas City. Um, obviously, they just lost a series to the White Sox. But one thing that's really encouraging to me is their pitching, which has always been like a downfall for them. I feel like the Twins have always been known to have like solid lineup. Um, but Joe Ryan's a stud, and Sonny Gray is pitching like old Sonny Gray right now. Like, yeah, shoving. It's incredible. Yeah, it's great to see. So... The- I have I have a couple of concerns. I, I agree. The Twins, I think, are by far the best team in that division. As long as they don't, you know, the injury bug doesn't get them or they don't, you know, just completely implode, they, they should be able to take take that easily. Um, Sonny Gray is incredible. I will note, I think his past five starts have been against five teams that are not the best uh, in, in terms of, of average. Um but, he shoved against the Yankees. Little well, payback. <laughs> hey, no, yeah. hey, no, that's, again, that's, that's not <laughs> I think you you walked right into that one. Yeah, I did. Never mind. <laughs> um, but still, he he's going out there. I mean, that's all you can ask of a guy. He doesn't pick. He doesn't pick who he plays against. Um, you have to go out there and you have to deal. And he's doing that. They're hitting the long ball. Yeah. They're bringing in runs. And this is something though. The one concern I do have especially this year in the year of the stolen base, they only have four bags taken the entire, all of, all of April. And three of those bags are Michael Taylor. Um, I don't know if they're not running on purpose or, or what, what they're doing. I'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive on the base path. But other than that, I mean, th- this is, I think this is an easy pick for the AL central. Yeah. Um I that is a concern for me too. I think small ball, um, moving runners, uh being active on the base pass is gonna succeed in today's game. Um, especially especially with the rule changes. We'll see. I mean, one month, I mean, sample size, only four stolen bases. That's that's incredible. I'm pretty sure the pirates have like 40, 40 plus. Right. So I don't know who runs on their team though. Let's like let's let's think about it. Like Michael A. Taylor was probably brought in for that reason, but like they don't have any burners on that team. I mean, I mean Buxton's fast, but I mean Buxton. Oh, that's true. Buxton, never mind. Literally, like one of the fastest. Guys he's like, one of the fastest guys in the league. I just, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you um, know, you'd think you'd think he'd take a you know more you know a couple bags at this point. Yeah. But, listen I, again. As long as they don't implode, as long as Sonny Gray can keep pitching the way he's doing it does he doesn't even have to pitch the way he's pitching well they got pablo lopez too don't like he's been yeah decently strong to start the season um i feel like that was such a unbelievably fair trade between him like just fit two needs that each team had um and i I don't know i think minnesota is different this year i i I, you said 
uh, they hit the long ball. You know who I thought about? You remember Byung Ho Park? Yeah. I thought yeah. that guy was going to be the next Hideki Matsui. That's super random, but I don't know why. I just thought of <laughs> and, yeah, and Does I Miguel mean, Sano still exist? Is he alive? He might be around somewhere. Yeah. Okay. That guy is a mountain of a man. I can't believe he ever played third base. He looked like an offensive yeah. tackle playing third base. Un- unbelievable. But yeah, no, I, I like the Twins. They, they got former Met great Carlos Correa. Uh, former Met, former Met, <laughs> former Giant, former Met, former Giant. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the Twins again. They're as long as something crazy doesn't happen, they they have it. So yeah, I, I agree. Let's move on to Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland. I think I picked them to win before before the season. Um. Like you can always count on Cleveland to like develop. They're one of the best um, player development teams in the league. I thought like I really liked the addition of Josh Bell. I thought they needed like some oomph in that lineup because I like the lineup. I like Stephen Kwan, as you know, that's my favorite player. Um, rich, rich homie Kwan, yeah. Andres Jimenez, um, Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, MVP candidate. Um, they have guys. They do, and then they always develop pitchers like Shane Bieber. Who knew it? he was like a fourth or fifth round pick out of Santa Barbara? They've been pretty average so far. Um, they're that one of those teams that are capable of making runs. I really like two of their rookie pitchers that debuted: Tanner Bid, uh, Bibby or yep. Bybee and Logan Allen, lefty. They look really good. Bybee looked really good the other night against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's them and the Twins, and I like the Twins yeah. a little bit more uh, depth wise, but you can never count them out. Right. Cleveland's they're 14 and 17 going into the first week of May, which is not terrible. Um, but they're they're gonna get better as the season goes on. Um, I don't you know, I don't think they're close to the twins right now, but like you said, Allen looked really good, Bibby looked good. They got the Beebs, they got an absolute psychopath and uh James Jack, which oh. I love, but he's he's an absolute crazy person. Yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, like you said, um they're a team where I think we're going to kind of come back and visit this maybe in August or, or September and maybe have a little bit different of an opinion of where they're at. Um, they, they just need a little bit to get going and develop some guys, but they'll get hot. For sure. They might have the best closer in baseball, um, Emmanuel Clase. Um, they can get really hot. I mean, this is a team that they're kind of built like the Rays in a way. No, I don't want to compare them to the Rays, but like they're that small market team that develops and right. you know, pulls guys out of nowhere. You you can't sleep on the Guardians, which moves us to the Detroit Tigers, the Motown Tigers. Man, this team offensively is hard to watch. They lose two of three versus Baltimore at home. But guess what? They just swept the Mets today at home. RJ, what happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm no, sure if you go to Twitter right now, RJ is venting a significant amount. It's that's a series you can't drop. We'll, we'll get no. to the Mets in a second. We'll they get to the Mets, own. yeah. Um, but good for the Tigers. Good for the Tigers. Good for the Tigers. Good for the city of Detroit. I mean, they need something. I mean, the Lions don't start playing for a little bit. So, and they have like the Tigers. They had a weird draft. So, yeah, it's you know, Baez. I just can't. I can't stand watching him play baseball anymore. I'm, I'm there was there was a small there was a small window where it was electric with the cubs yeah it was a small window 
And I compare then, him to like a Carlos Gomez, like very streaky, like three true outcomes hitter can be electric here and there, but like, just like not someone you can rely on. No, it's, he's, it, 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 he, it doesn't seem like he has a, he processes the game like some other guys do in the league where you're like, wow, this guy knows everything that's going on around him, every little situation. It's, and at the plate, there's just, I mean, this is, this is a given. There's no discipline. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it, it seems like he's going up there and guessing. I mean, you, you'll go on and, and the, the internet right now is, is kind of having some fun within. They have the thing where they go, fuck it, Javier Baez highlights. And then it's him swinging at a pitch that bounces 10 feet in front of the plate. It, like know, when he was with the Mets? Right. Yeah. And it's just him swinging at curveballs that don't make it anywhere near the zone. It's, it's frustrating to watch. I mean, I'm going to go see the Tigers when they come to town. Just I want to see Miggy play. Yeah, absolutely. But it's there, There's not much to talk about here. It, it's it's kind of been a disappointment in their player development as well. There's There were some guys a couple of years ago where you're like, okay, maybe, you know, Badu can be, you know, a guy or he can be a little bit electric or add a spark to a lineup, and it just never really happened. Um, I do want to add this, though. They have – Two pitchers, two key pitchers, like Casey Mize and Tariq Skubor are out for the most of the year, if not the year. Um, and, like, we've seen this. You can't give up on prospects too early. Riley Green, I think, is going to be a good player when it's all said and done. Like, he, he has never been as low as Jared Koenig was at his lowest. And he always had – he's had all the tools. He's performed at every level in the minor leagues. Um, I think he is just bound to get hot, um, and I'm going to pick him up before you do in fantasy. Don't worry. And <laughs> I, I, well, I, I dropped him. Yeah, so I know. I mean, trust me. Yeah. I know you did. I know you did. Yeah. Um, and Spencer Torkelson too. Like, I think this guy just has like I don't think he's he's ever going to be an MVP candidate, but I think he's going to be a solid uh, cog in the middle of that lineup. Um, but yeah, I it has been disappointing in Detroit, and you know. <laughs> They they hit Max Scherzer hard in his return from his suspension yes yesterday like like big oh, yeah. time like I know uh, um it was it was they rough hit, they hit Ver, they hit Verlander hard today too though today yeah. One deep yeah I mean it's there there's some guys there that can be pieces but it just kind of seems like it's it's meh yeah at this point there's really not much to discuss very mad which brings us to the royals actually i like the royals more than the tigers because i think the royals have guys i like a lot of the people they hired in their on their coaching staff i think they're making strides pitching wise i was really sad to see chris bubich go down because i I liked a lot of his the data that was coming back on his first couple starts he's getting tommy john which is disappointing um but they are they lost their series to baltimore as we covered they won one you know, they have a lot of young players. Like, I love Vinny Pasquantino, obviously. Michael Garcia. Yeah, seriously. Let's let's see it. The pie's on. Um, uh, Michael Garcia is a guy to watch. He was their top shortstop prospect. I think this is why they were very um, – they were able to get rid of uh, Mondesi in the offseason. He debuted this week. Um, he's been hitting the ball hard. I think he's, I mean, in through a couple games, he's batting 500. Obviously. I mean, that's just a couple games, but still, like, he's got a great bat. Watch out for Michael Garcia. Um, I think they have pieces. I think they could move quicker than the Tigers. Bobby Witt, like, the Tigers don't have a Bobby Witt. No. A guy with a floor, the ceiling of Bobby Witt. And I think Bobby Witt's going to find his um, stretch 
Um, but yeah, I mean, this team is going to fi- finish towards the bottom of this uh, bottom of this division. I think they'll finish above Detroit, but um, I think there's a few pieces to be excited about here. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Witt's a guy. Um, there, um, there's been a little bit of a resurgence with um, Chapman coming out of the pen. I mean, he's throwing just as hard as he's ever thrown. Don't um, mind me. And yeah, well, listen, hey, you can't win them all, right? But <laughs> Wit Wit is a guy that I, I really like. He he's come on as of lately. Um, I mean, he's been a little bit inconsistent, but I mean. Uh, was it yesterday? He was three for five against Baltimore with an RBI, a walk, and one strikeout. It's they have the guys that they can develop. I, I like those types of teams, those small market teams that have. I mean, the Royals have proven that they can get there based on how they, you know, they operate. But you know, it, it's just going to be a matter of putting everything together right now, and you know, the the pitching being consistent um in scoring some runs but you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out yeah for sure let's move on to the AL West um we'll start with the Astros right this is a team that's kind of been like going through it here at the beginning of the season some injuries Lance McCullers um, you know they dropped two of three at home to the Phillies World Series rematch um and they also dropped another series at home to the Giants Luis Garcia hit the IEL um I mean, this is a team I'll never be worried about. I think they're going to win the West when it's all said and done. Uh, they added Jose Abreu, who hasn't hit his hit the ground running either in Houston. I mean, he is also 35 years old. Um, right. They've got a lot of young pieces. I love Hunter Brown. He reminds me of like he's like a young Verlander. They have they have pieces. They have the coaching staff. They have the development. I, I mean, I I just think they're getting by right now, but. I'm not worried about this team. Yeah, I, I have one note written on Houston, and it it's no concerns. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Tuve so, comes back in a, a yeah. Altuve is going to come back. They're they're going to be just fine. Um, who cares? They got a little bit of a slow start. It's not like they're they've won six games. Um, you know they're they're going to be all right. They have the pieces. Kyle Tucker is a dog. Um, you know that. I, I like everybody in their lineup. I don't think, you know, there's many holes. And once it starts clicking, it's just going to be the same old Astros. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I like this team a lot. I mean, obviously, you want to win series against the Giants. and But, you know, I'm not too worried about this team at all. It's They're going to be there at the end. We know that much. And then, right. you know, that brings us to the Mariners, who... I'm like super high on the Mariners. I can't shake it. Like, I think this is like one of the most complete teams in baseball and their record might should not show it right now. I think this team could come out of the AL. I, I really do. Uh, they lose two or three in Toronto, you know, big dumper. Cal Raleigh loves hitting home runs in Toronto, especially in big games. Um, they're looking to sweep the A's. I don't think they've played yet. Let me just double check. Um, yeah, they did sweep the A's five to three. Okay. Good win. Kirby got the dub. First time two rookies facing each other carried a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Um, Mason Miller has been electric. I love this kid. I mean, I, he threw like, apparently he had, had some uh, some kind of medical concerns and he wasn't throwing hard. And then he transferred to a D1, put on a bunch of weight. He went to Gardner-Webb in North Carolina and he's pumping mid-90s. Great story. Yeah. Um, but works. 
funny how that works. But the Mariners, I, I know their record might not reflect it. I don't know why. I can't shake this team. I love them. It's, they're just exciting. They're young. They're exciting. They have some vets. They have some great guys in the rotation. Um, but, I mean, I don't even – some of their guys haven't even got going yet. Um, Julio Rodriguez is no, nowhere near where he's going to be probably midseason. No. Um, I mean, he, he's an absolute stud. Tiosco Hernandez, I mean, uh, Taylor Trammell, Jared Kelnick is – thank God nobody gave up on him because he's just been absolutely electric. Um, just spreading, you know, spraying the ball to all parts of the field with power. There, there's not one thing to point to except, you know, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, I like this team. Like, yeah, I like watching them. That they're fun to watch. Um, they got guys that get on base. Ty France is always solid. Mm-hmm. You know, Cal Raleigh's he's he's gonna get on. He's gonna provide a little bit of power. Um, I'm 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 high on the Mariners as well. Um, yeah. their city connects aren't terrible. Um, and they're, they're growing yeah. on me. They're growing, they're growing on, me. on me. Yeah. Um, we seem to get, be getting a little bit of a theme with the mismatch pants and jerseys. Um, but you know what? It's just something about Seattle right now that it just kind of seems like they, they are going to be there at the end. They're going to be in contention. Yeah. I think Luis Castillo is going to be like a top Cy Young candidate in AL. I, I wanted him so badly last year on pinstripes. I wanted them to focus on him and not Montas. You guys um, wanted Brian Reynolds too, right? Well, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Um, wish list. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I like to see him a lot. I like their bullpen. I like their rotation. George Kirby, um, you know, Luis Castillo, I, they, they just, obviously they lost Robbie Ray, which sucks. Um, but I like, I, I like Logan Gilbert too, man. Logan Gilbert. I forgot about him. Stud. Bryce Miller comes up. I hope he stays up there. And they, yeah. they even have Emerson Ham- Hancock close to the majors, who was a top pitching prospect from University of Georgia. Go dogs. So this team, it, wait, wait till Julio reaches his stride, because when you have Julio and Kelnick in your outfield at playing at their peaks, yeah, man, this team is dangerous. It's just pop. It's it's just it's electric city. Pop. Yeah. Uh, let's go to um, you know, I talked a little bit about Mason Miller, so we'll we'll skip over the A's real quick because I know that um, there's not much, much to talk, talk about there. Yeah, they dropped two or three versus Cincinnati. Fun series. Two of the best teams in baseball, the Reds and A's. But I don't mean the Clint A's. We have a really good friend, Andrew Gibson. Uh, I used to work for the Pirates he's with the A's. Now, shout out Andrew, great guy. Um, reoccurring start guest. Looking, start looking for some properties in Vegas, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, they had a Sunday win. Uh, Asteria Rees, one of their more exciting players, had a walk-off single. Rook, Brent Rooker's been a nice story. Um, fun yeah. fact, Astoria Ruiz, first ever ace player to steal 11 bases in a month of April since Ricky Henderson. Pretty wow. cool. Fitting, yeah. right? Fitting. Um, but no more, like, the A's... I don't like Mason Miller, Astori Ruiz, Brent Rooker. That's it. Let's move on to the. I don't know if you have any. Do you have anything about to say, say about the A's? No. Nope. You hit it. You're good. Let's talk about a really exciting team, the Texas Rangers. They win three of four at home, well, at Home Depot, should I say, versus the New York Yankees. <laughs> uh, their offense is on fire. I, you know, they lost Corey Seager. But Ezekiel Duran, who they got back from the Yankees in the Gallo trade, 
has been a great replacement for him. He's hitting over 350. You know, they won their last game against the Yankees 15 to 2. Big game against Nestor Cortez. This team is just hitting the ball hard. Josh Young, Jonah Heim at catcher. What do you got on the Rangers? Yeah, so I was I was gonna lead off with. I mean, we were talking about Yoshida for uh, an AL rookie of the year candidate. Young's up there a hundred percent. For sure. Right. I mean, you gotta you gotta put him in there. I mean, he is first of all, my man is thick with five C's. He's just an absolute just unit. Unit. The biggest a, neck I've ever seen. Huge neck, big <laughs> neck guy. Um but yeah, no, there, there's not much bad to say about the Rangers. They've really just hit their stride. Marcus Simeon is is kind of becoming that player that they, you know, thought they were getting last Invested year. Invested in, yeah. Right. I mean, they don't have Steamer right now, which is um, pretty interesting. How you know, and they're still able to kind of just keep moving. Jonah Heim, like you said, from both both sides of the plate, has been playing really well. I mean, this is kind of an organization that went out and bought their starting rotation and it's, it's working. Right. I don't think there's been a guy that they've brought up. Maybe there's one, but I'm, I'm counting John, John Gray, uh, Nathan Avoldi, DeGrom, Martin Perez. Andrew um, Yeah. I mean, they, they pretty much went out and got it, you know, got everybody and it's working. Yeah. Um, I mean, DeGrom's on the IL that's going to happen every year. Um, I don't, 15 I don't day IL with, right. was it shoulder? Or elbow, it was elbow just uh, inflammation. Yeah, yeah, what whatever he. I mean, it's probably more precautionary uh, with, with him. But when he's out there, you know what you're going to get. I'm I'm high on the Rangers right now. Um, I, I don't see them slowing down either. Um, as long as the pitching, I mean, I'm kind of concerned. I don't think Avoldi's going to give you an entire season of of lights out pitching but mm-hmm. as as long as as long as they, their bats uh continue the way they're doing uh Adelis Garcia we got to mention him as well because yeah he's been killing it I mean he I have a little bit of bias because I have him on my fantasy team but trust me I it know. seems like every time yeah every time you look uh at his at the box score he he's driving in runs he has multiple base hits he's getting on base um, they're, they're just a team that it, it kind of seems like they've meshed early and um, it's, 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 it's all good things coming out of Texas right now. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, they're a fun team to watch. I was a little bit down on them uh, before the season, but I, I think they're going to be a team that that's going to be competing for a playoff spot at the end, which brings us also to the angels. Cause I think the angels are going to be competing for a playoff spot too. Um, hopefully, I mean, they have star power for sure. Um, right. They dropped two of three in Milwaukee, um, and but they're going for the sweep in St. Louis. What is this? They stat? swept. They swept. Fuck yeah! Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Angels. 11, 11, 7. Yeah, I mean Otani had thirteen Ks in five innings pitched last night. Like, yeah, crazy. That's, that's that's normal, right? That's normal. Normal. And Zach Neto, who they drafted in the first round last year out of Campbell, he was the first person to debut in the from the twenty twenty two draft. He is their starting shortstop going forward, and he's looked better and better every game. I am, I'm really impressed with him. His leg kick is gorgeous. Um, yeah, he's he's exciting player. They have they have this is the like I told Sarah earlier. Like this is the last time I believe in the Angels because like I actually believe like I think this team can make the playoffs. Um, 
I think they've they added, have to. They have to. They have to. But they also got to compete with Seattle, Texas, yeah, and uh, Houston. So it's tough. It's tough, but I think they have the pieces to do so. So I'm hoping they step up and they uh, continue this run. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I don't think there's much else to go into. You know who they have. Um, they have Otani. They have Rendon. They have Trout. They have uh, Neto. Uh, it's it's just going to be a matter if they don't implode. They, they just got to stay consistent. Tyler Anderson's been a nice addition. As long as Otani can do what he's doing, you, you would think that you're just going to stay in ball games no matter what um and and hopefully they do um but they're the angels so what let's hope for the best it it would be nice to see trout and otani competing in the playoffs 100 percent, 100 percent. um let's move on so that covers our al um let's move on to the nl uh we have some exciting series to go through um, I am going to start with the Phillies, the reigning National League champions. They they take wait. Let's let's back that up. Sorry. Let's start with Atlanta. Atlanta is um, is hot. This is a hot hot in the streets in the National League. Yeah. They take two of three in the Queens against the Mets. Um, you know their offense is like just too much to handle. Strider Spencer Strider, who I think could be NL Cy Young winner, Quadzilla. Quadzilla, uh, yeah. He didn't even have his best stuff, and they, you know, they won um, that game behind two Sean Murphy dingers. He's been a great ad. Max Freed continues to dominate, um, and Atlanta is going for the sweep in Miami. Uh, did they get it today? Let's see. They did. Atlanta sweeps yeah. Miami, so they are now at twenty-two and ten. Yeah, I mean, we can keep it pretty simple with Atlanta. I have one note again. It's just they're a machine. Yeah. It just kind of seems like year in and year out now with the pieces that they have and who they've brought in. It's good luck. Um, I mean, the, the East and the Marlins have been playing really well. Yep. Um, but man, the, the Braves are something else. And I, I wouldn't be, I, I would expect them maybe to add somebody else at the deadline this year that's kind of kind of pushed them you know a little bit above and beyond everybody else but there's really not much to say about the Braves except you know they're just doing everything right yeah I agree they had you know they're going for the sweep in Miami they had six home runs on Wednesday uh Bryce Elder another pitcher they're a development machine he continues to roll Kyle Wright is on the IL he left his last start with shoulder soreness which sucks but they have depth um, this Brave th- Braves team is one of the best in the NL. Um, they're going to be there at the very end, you know, which takes us to the Mets. They, you know, they lost two of three at home to the Braves, like we just said. Um, they just got swept with the Tigers. Scherzer was shaking his return. 3.1 innings pitched, eight hits, six earned runs. They, in my opinion, just need to get pitchers healthy. They need to get everyone healthy. You know, Brooks Raley is on the IL. Justin, Justin Verlander just returned. Carlos Carrasco is always on the IL. Their, their rotation's old. Um, Scherzer just getting back, you know, don't get shelled by his former team. Who's got the worst offense in baseball. Yeah. I don't know. We, the Mets, I think there are, there's some concerns to be had here because I think the Phillies and Braves are better teams. Um, they, they are at this moment. Um, but you know, let's look at the bright side for the Mets. They spent a ton of money, right? Um, they, they brought in Verlander, uh, Stanga's there. I mean, he's kind of been 
a little, he's been a little, a, all right so far. Scherzer, I'm not worried about Scherzer. He got shelled yesterday, but he he's going to give you quality starts. I just it's just something about the Mets man where it just doesn't seem like they're 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 clicking as a ball club. But it does remind me of the the famous internet video where they they're like what's the best and worst part about being a Mets fan? And the the best part is, you know, the character development that you go through as an individual, 100%. the ups and downs. And then the worst part is May through September. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't, I think they're going to, they're going to hit their stride sooner, sooner or later. Hopefully it's sooner. Marte hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know he, what he can do for you, especially a guy that can run like that, you'd think that, you know, with today's, you know, major league baseball, they'd be taking some more bases. He'd be a little bit more productive, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not declaring the Mets dead. I think they're going to be there um, later on in the year, um, barring any injury, but they they have the names. And I think they're more than just the big names. They're, they, they have guys. It's just going to be a matter of putting it together And, and, and they will. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. They're 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 gonna do it, but they, bad bad start. Not not a good start for the Mets. Um, and I I know maybe we'll get RJ on here to to rant about it a little bit later. And you know, friend of the show. Um, we'll definitely get RJ on here. We need his perspective. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be tough. I mean, I'm I'm used to the pain and suffering over the past. <laughs> 28 years of being a Pirates fan, but but the hope that the Mets put into every single year with, with the money they spend and, and the results that you get has to be frustrating. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, we'll have RJ on for to talk about this. Um, but I, I you know, I don't want to like call consider them dead, but um there are some reasons to be a little bit concerned here. Um, you know, let's go to the Phillies. You know, they take two of three in Houston. Huge quality starts from Nola and Wheeler. Um, Alvarado is the new closer. He's looked unhittable. Bryce Harper is back. Phillies, you know, they added Trey Turner. I, I like this team more than the Mets right now. I really do. I think their rotation, their their bullpen is improved. Um, I like their lineup a lot better, even though they lost Reese Hoskins. You got Bryce Harper in there playing some first base. I'm big on the Phillies right now. Um I know we're only in April. They finished very strong at the end. Like you said, they took a series from Houston, who's gotten off to a slow start, but that's no easy task. You get Harper coming back, he's going to hit his stride. I mean, they didn't even give him a rehab stint, and he's, you know, I think he went three for three the other day. Um, mm-hmm. Again, another team with big names. They've spent money. But they're they're going to be just fine. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I think they look good right now. And then also I really like the Marlins. They um, – they quietly sweep the Cubs. Um, they're quiet six and thirteen, sixteen and thirteen. G- Luis Arias is quietly hitting us. I'm using the word quietly a lot, um, but because no one's talking about the Marlins, right? Um, no one. Yeah, it's he's hitting four thirty or four thirty-two, four thirty-eight. I think somewhere in the four thirties with a sample size of like ninety to a hundred abs. Which, Incredible. I mean, come on. I mean, how is that not being talked about a little bit more? Also, another you know, excellent stat that I think you know that, that's really selling me on the Marlins right now is they're ten and zero 
in one run ball games. You know, they're, they're playing a solid That's nine huge. innings of baseball, you know, whether it's through the bullpen or they're starting pitching or just getting on base, they're, they're finding a way to get the job done. I mean, I, I, I love a lot of these guys in the, on this Marlins team. Um, like you said, Arias, Segura, Jazz. I mean, how could you not love Jazz? Uh, Bird. And then, you know, AJ Puck closing. I think he's got one earned run on the year. and He's got five saves. Again, this is kind of similar. I wouldn't put it up there with the AL East, but you have three teams in the uh, NL East that are scary. And, and I think the Marlins are being slept on right now. Uh, who knows if they can they can keep this up, and especially with maybe division play is going to be very telling, but um, good, good for Miami. Yeah, good for Miami. Shout out Senko, big Marlins fan. Uh, you know, they have the pitching. Um, even though Sandy hasn't looked his best, um, I like the AJ Puck signing uh, or trade. They're a team, they're a better team than they were last year, and they're fun to watch. Um, I hope they keep it up. Um, one team that's not so great is the Washington Nationals, but they just t- they just took three of four from the Cubbies this year, this week. You know, they had a good week against the Cubbies. They lost uh, the series to the Pirates this weekend, but, um, they had a rookie pitcher debut yesterday, Jake Irvin. And they also had an electric home run celebration, the founding father celebration. You see that? I saw that. Pretty yeah, cool. that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's excellent. Um, ho- hopefully they can hit their stride. I have two notes on the Nationals, Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray. That's about it. I like Josiah uh, Gray. I like him. Yeah. Strikeout um, machine. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully CJ Abrams can kind of find his way over there, but – that that you know it, it's it's going to be tougher it's going to be a, a tough year for them so let's move on to nl central real quick we got um let's start with the cardinals they look bad um you know they were swept in la um and they were just swept by the both la teams they were swept by the angels and the dodgers they there's a lot of reason for concern here uh, the pitching staff is pretty atrocious i, I saw jack flaherty gave up 10 runs yesterday you know did the, the fiasco between uh, Ali Marmol, their manager, and Tyler O'Neill. Yep. Do you think that divided the clubhouse at all? I, I, I know, feel like I, this team isn't together right now. It, it's funny you mention that because that, that is the one note I have on here. And mm. anytime you think Cardinals, it's just like well run. Everything, it's so well run. It's yep. a well oiled machine. It's prospect after prospect every year. It's like, where do they get these guys Jordan from? Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker, I mean, they're able to bring in guys like Goldschmidt, Arenado, and, and then they're able to just kind of fill in the rest with guys that seem to be all-stars. The, the pitching is obviously a concern, but I think this is more of a, a managerial thing right now. They yeah. have the talent there. I mean, like we said, the pitching is eh, but having that early in the season was kind of like, oh, like, that's why are we talking about the Cardinals in this way? Like they're having what kind of issues, like some divide in the clubhouse. Like when have you ever heard that? And then how they handled the whole Jordan Mocker situation where, you know, I think we, we, we talked about this earlier and we kind of compared it to the Anthony Volpe situation. You're, you called this guy up out of spring training. You, you want his development to be in the major leagues. Exactly. There, there There's going to be some rough patches. Nobody's going to come up and just, you know, light it up i mean he went on a little hit streak and i know he had his struggles and you know a hit streak could still mean you're going one for five on the day with four strikeouts or 
you know, you're popping the ball up or you're not being productive. But what, sending the guy back down, it just something seems off with the Cardinals. It, mm-hmm. It's bad right now. They're they're the last place team, not only in the NL. I think they have the worst record in Major League Baseball, other than the A's. Yeah, they're like ten and twenty something. I, it's yeah, really bad. It's, and you know, I I do like it's not like they don't have a lack of leadership. Like they have Goldie, they have Wilson Contreras, they have <laughs> Nolan Arenado. I mean, they have guys. Wainwright's on his way back. Like. I don't want to give up on this team, but they're put, they put themselves in quite the hole. Um, one you know, bright stat, I guess you could say for this year, I saw Paul Goldschmidt is one of two first basemen of all time with 300 home runs and 150 stolen bases. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, quite we, the we, athlete. We, Jeff Bagwell was the other one. Oh, shout out. Shout out. Jeff Bagwell. I mean, yeah, Go, you know what you're getting from Goldie. I'm a little bit concerned with Arenado at the plate right now. Yeah. Um, maybe things will turn around for them, but just a historically bad start for the Cardinals. For sure. Let's go on to the um, Cubbies. The Cubbies were swept in Miami, and they dropped three or four in Washington. You know, they lost their last two games with, you know, strong pitching performances from Wesneski and Stroman. I think there's a lot of bullpen struggles there in Chicago. Um, they're calling up Matt Mervis, their top prospect, first baseman, yep. for, uh, weekend series versus Miami. I think this team has guys like I like Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner up the middle, Bellinger's putting it together. I think they like this is a decent team. I think they're another, they fall in the bucket with the Orioles, they fall in the bucket with the Red Sox, where pitching could be their undoing. What are your thoughts on the Cubbies? I like the Cubs. Um, I agree with you that the pitching isn't necessary. They, they don't have anyone that's overpowering. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't have anyone that's just going to kind of go out there and just shove it um, and, and kind of just beat you with their fastball. Um, but it, it kind of just seems like they're, I mean, I know they just best swept. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit biased because I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the Chicago Cubs, but I, I like the pieces that they have there. And I think it's going to, over the summer, we're going to see them come together and they're they're going to be in the race for the, the central. It's I mean I think it's yeah up for I think grabs the central's right wide now. open. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it it's it's up for grabs. I mean you have them and the Brewers and I mean the Buccos, but the the Cubs kind of seem to me other than the Brewers a, a team that is destined to put it together and kind of hit their stride. Mm. Um, the one thing that does concern me with them is is the rotation, um, but you know, maybe they'll add some pieces. Maybe they'll have some guys that'll come in and, and give them some quality starts. But um, so far I'm, I'm kind of happy with what I'm seeing from the Cubs and, you know, overall from what I, my original thought of them going into the season was not very high, but I think they've exceeded my expectations so far, which were low, but um, I think they're going to keep building off of that. And um, I would look out for them, you know, down the stretch for sure for sure all righty so we did the cubs let's do um let's talk about the hometown team the the Buckers. Yes, sir let's do let's it go bucks the pirates uh they take two of three in washington um you know they're winning the games they should another quality start from velasquez Cody bolton debuted um you know also drew maggi got his first hit in rbi after 13 years in the minors 
Um, and then on Sunday, the game they lost was a rough start for the Oviedo, but you know, you're bound to have those. I'm not too worried about him. He's looked pretty good. Um, they just got swept by the Rays. What, what, what are your thoughts after this, um, you know, road trip here? I'm not too concerned. Um, let me just start off starting off 20 and 10 at the beginning of the season for the Pirates. No matter who you're playing, I don't care what the team is, what their record is. That's impressive at this level. Like you said, they're winning the games that they should be winning. They're finding ways to kind of sneak wins out at the end that they would usually not get in years past or that they would blow. Going into Tampa, I thought they might get one. The pitching was good. Uh, I thought Keller had a really good start. I thought Roanzi had a really good start. Um, the defense did not do them any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was 10 or 11 unearned runs throughout the entire series. Um, I mean, errors. Keller pitched really well. Five runs yeah. and one earned. Yeah, I mean, he, he his stuff has been disgusting. Roanzi's slider has been great. Um, he's using it way more often, and he's getting a lot of swings and misses. Um, I think those two guys at the top of the rotation are, you know, for hopefully for years to come are going to be, you know, the staple, you know, of the, the Pirates organization and helping them move forward. But uh, it doesn't it doesn't help when we kind of have a hole at shortstop right now um, with Rodolfo. Um, you know, he's hit or miss. I mean, his bat can be good sometimes. His splits aren't great from both sides of the plate. I think he's more effective from the right side. It just it wasn't working. It seemed like they were a little bit off in this series. Um, he, he had an air from Key Bryan at third, which, I mean, he made, see a million, he made a million other great plays in the series. Um, I blame Tropicana. At yeah, it, yeah. It, Tropicana was, I mean, I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again. That that place is tear it down, move somewhere else. Either get a, get him a new stadium in Tampa or get him out of there. Or the, actually the, go the, into Tampa. Right. The, the <laughs> roof is white. Yeah. Oh, it's it's horrible baseball. It's horrible. If you could hit a chopper and it goes three hundred feet up in the air, like I don't saw the Harold Ramirez hit. Right. It's it's a terrible field. Um, but you know the the umpiring was terrible throughout the entire series. I thought um they they kind of got screwed on a couple of of calls. There were some issues with um the pitch clock that Shelton got uh, ejected for. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you if you heard about the issue there or what he was arguing. No. Uh, what was um, that? We were watching that last night. I didn't, we didn't really yeah. know what it, in the moment. So the, the mics were hot in Tampa Bay, mainly because Always. there's nobody there watching the game and you can hear everything that's on the field. <laughs> um, so the umpire has a buzzer in their, uh, either on their arm or on their person that lets them know when that pitch clock uh, violation happens. So right when they get that buzz, stop pitch clock violation you know, shut it down, either a ball or a strike, whatever the situa- situation might, might be. Um, what Shelty was pissed about, um, and maybe you guys can get him on the podcast and, and ask him the same question, the home plate umpire is supposed to have that duty. Mm-hmm. The, the pitch clock hit zero. Shelty's out there screaming, hey, what's going on? He goes to the home plate umpire, hey, where where's the pitch clock violation? And the home plate umpire goes, hey, I'm not in charge of that. Yeah. So that's why he's going out. Now he's going screaming at, I believe the umpire is Adrian Johnson at third base. Yep. What's going on? Some F bombs were thrown. Feelings hurt. Um, it, it just kind of seemed like it, it was just, it, it's bound to happen. They ran into the hottest team in baseball. Yeah. You can't say enough good things about the Rays. 
they, they hit the ball hard. They, they scored runs. Their pitching was great. I think the Pirates put up three, four runs the entire series. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I, I'm I'm still I'm still high on the Buccos. Obviously, um, I do have some concerns moving forward. Uh, Velasquez went down today with an arm injury. We Is don't it Luis Ortiz time. It, that's what I my, my note says. Look, look out for Luis Ortiz to to be recalled. Right, I think he made an appearance late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been pitching really well this year, but my main concern at the beginning of the season was the rotation. We were didn't really know we were going to get out of Keller. Exceeded my expectations. Ronzi, I've always been confident about. Oviedo has been great, but still he's going to be like your third, fourth guy, end of the rotation guy. Rich Hill, while he's given us a bunch of quality starts, he's he's due to get shelled. Mm-hmm. On you know he he's going to play. I think he starts tomorrow against uh, the Blue Jays, and I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. I think we're going to be at that game. Yeah, and, we'll be uh, in attendance. I swear we're at every Rich Hill start, so might as well keep. I've it I've seen like three of them so far, man. <laughs> he, it's 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 not great, but like credit to the guy. He he has changed up his arm angles, and and he he's working with what he's got, and he's given us three or four quality starts in a row, or or close to it. Um, but losing Velasquez after how he's pitched the past couple weeks, weeks or the month past month is, is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the bullpen hasn't, hasn't been bad. Uh, Moretta, Holderman, Dwayne Underwood, uh, Hernandez, they've, they've all been, they've all been solid. There's been a couple of sketchy outings. I mean, obviously, you know what you're going to get from Bednar. Um, but you know the one thing I will know is they've they've been hitting the ball and they've been hitting the ball hard. Couple 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 of stats that I thought were interesting: Reynolds is hitting the ball above ninety five miles per hour or more fifty two point six percent of the time. That seems like pretty a pretty good percentage. Key <laughs> uh, Brian Hayes, while well, people give him a lot of shit for you know not hitting or his launch angle not being you know what it needs to be or driving the ball. He's hitting the ball 95 miles per hour or more 46.5% of the time. And if you actually watch the games, you can see he's barreling up. He's making hard contact. He's not getting lucky. Um, Whether or not that's going to pay off for him, who knows? He makes up with it for his glove, um, which I think he is going to be the gold glover this year, and it's not going to be Arenado. And I think Mm -hmm. the Pirates going, having this hot start has given him a little bit more of that national recognition in the field that he deserves. He's just so he's it's so effortless for him. Um, it just kind of just seems like for a regular person going through the motions out there, he just everything is just so smooth. Um, but yeah, it's th- th- there are some holes that I'm worried about. Um, th- they do have some guys that uh, I think do not. <laughs> I don't want to be on the roster. Well, let's anymore. hear it. I know where um, you're going. Let's go. Yeah, we were gonna get here, and I, I've been talking to you. Just about do it. This Rip the bandaid while. off. Mr. Austin Hedges needs to be sent off somewhere other than Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's Indianapolis. I don't care if it's Altoona. I don't. I don't care if it's the Japanese baseball league. He needs to be gone. Um, it's at this point, it's an automatic out. Yeah, every single time. And listen, I get. I I know where you're going to go with this, and you're going to say he's helping the pitching staff. He's stealing strikes. And I agree. He's definitely credit to him. He's been very helpful in 
the quality starts that these guys have gotten and, and making them look good. He's very good behind the plate. But we have a DH now. Yeah. Should we, we let might Velasquez well... hit and DH for the catcher? I'm 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 almost more confident in having a pitcher put the ball in play than Austin Hedges at this point. He he's hitting 136. Okay. Yeah. And I don't put that much into batting average nowadays unless you're hitting 136. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure he doesn't weigh 136. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's ridiculous. He he's had 51 plate appearances. He's hitting 136. He has four RBIs. Uh, he's a career 188 hitter, which, I mean, career, 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 career. Uh, it's his career. W, right. His WRC plus, which I'm going to come back to again. Um, again, the league average is 100. Okay. When we spoke yesterday, he was at 24. What's he okay. at now? Today he is at 19. Okay. <laughs> he is 81% below the league average. I just don't know. And to, to make matters worth, his, his on-base percentage is 240. Okay, yeah. so he's not, he's not getting on base. He's not putting the ball in play. I'd be okay if he was driving in runs in other ways, whether it was a stack fly, moving runners over. But he's not even doing that. Um, I just don't know how much longer you can keep him in the lineup and justify how he's helping the pitching staff when he's just clearly contributing nothing to the offense. Um, yeah, I want to jump on that real quick because I yeah, yeah like I I do think he's helping the pitching staff. Um, I would really like, so I liked Roberto Perez last year. I liked him a lot. I think he had a little bit more value with the bat. Um, these guys are clearly brought in to de- because they need to develop pitching and quick, and they have two young catchers coming up. So it didn't make any sense to me that we had Hedges and Heineman on the major league roster when you have, you could have hedges and Endy hedges and Davis. I mean, I, I understand. I didn't think they were going to make the opening day roster, but I think that should happen soon. And I think hedges should be the back end of that platoon. I, and yeah, the nice thing about Endy and Davis is that they can DH, they can play elsewhere. Um, right. And that's, that's the beauty of having the DH now. You, you can have both those guys in the roster and you can even keep a third catcher. Um, I think that's going to be Jason Delay, who who has not been bad. Uh, he's his numbers, I mean, yeah, he? he's batting three ninety. Yeah, his sample size is significantly lower. I think he catches like every third day. Mm-hmm. He he needs to play more often. He's at least putting the ball in play. I just remember him being a dog at Vanderbilt, and uh, yeah. I'm happy he's getting a, tr- a shot after multiple yeah. years in the he, minors. I'd I'd like him to stay on this team. I really would. Yeah, no, I I, I he's not he's not bad behind the plate. And he puts the ball in play. And I think the way the Pirates are playing ball right now, it's 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 very get him on, move him over, drive him in. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stack flies. And when you have a guy at the bottom of the order, you're expecting him to do those types of things, the small stuff, um, which a lot of the Pirates lineup has been very good at executing, except for Austin Hedges. And listen, he he's had his, his time. I'm sure he's been a great vet to have in the locker room just like rich hill um just like carlos santana which i i I'm, i love carlos santana on the team by the way love santana he, he's great he's so clutch but i just don't know how much longer you can keep hedges in the lineup especially if you're trying to compete um 
And when you have guys like Andy Rodriguez knocking at the door and you have Henry Davis knocking at the door, uh, Davis's slash line as of tonight is 284, 448, 597. Double A. Yeah. Six, six, six home runs with an OPS of 1.045. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the home runs that he's hitting, it's controlled violence. Yeah. It's the most aggressive, massive hack you've ever seen, but it's it's so fluid at the same time. And it's this nice two-hand finish, and the ball goes 500 feet. But yeah. nothing, nothing is cheap with him. Um, whether or not he's ready to step in behind the plate, what his role will be when he gets up to this level, that's to be decided. I just don't know when that decision is going to be made. Yeah, listen, I mean, he's not getting any younger, too. I think he's like 24, approaching 25. Right. I don't really see a point in, like, keeping him down long. Um, you've drafted him first overall for a reason. Um, same with Andy. Like, Andy's proven that he can play, you know, throughout the minors at every level. I mean, he's versatile. Like, you could use that versatility up at the big league level. I agree with you. Like, I to me, like, I know the bar is low offensively with catchers, right? To me, I could stomach it if he was hitting 200, if he was mm-hmm. hitting 220, driving in runs, had a little bit of pop, you know, like a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a comp, like a Kyle Higashioka or like, um, I'm just saying that because he's a Yankee, it's the first one that came to mind, but like the bar is low, but it shouldn't be that low. Like that's, a, that's a major liability in a, in a major league. Op- and that he's right. literally like the, the nine hole with he's, it's like the Pirates don't have a DH. Right, exactly, and and that that's what it's it's just so you, you know you see that that little graphic come up who's hitting the next inning. You got seven, eight, then nine. It's like all right, well, unless seven and eight get on, you yeah. know, it, the inning's over. It, it's a waste of an inning. Um, but you know we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I I trust Shelton. I like what he's done so far. I like what Sheldon's done so far. Yeah. Um, I I think I, I'm. I'm a big believer in trusting the process with how they've been going about things. Um, and I mean, shout out Andrew McCutcheon too, Dude, uh, for, Brock, for what he's been able to do, do coming back. Yeah. He's been it's, a big, it, he's been a huge addition to the locker room. And then also, um, you know, I'm going to say this too, just randomly without no context, hashtag team Dylan. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, Shel- I love what Shelty's doing. I, I, I love that they extended him. I love that they're keeping that consistency in the clubhouse. I love that they're trying to bring about this, this culture, um, of, you know, keeping this group together and extending Reynolds was the second step, right? Um, McCutcheon has been a major addition. So is Carlos Santana. Um, I'm sure so is Jimmy and Joy. Um, but yeah, he I, wasn't I, who wasn't playing poorly until he got hurt. No. I mean, he he was really starting to hit the ball. So I mean, I do once want to we point, get him back, you know, who knows? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I also want to like just they might have may have gotten swept by the the Rays, but um, you know, they're the first NL team to twenty wins, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, who would have thought that if if someone told me that before the season, I would have laughed in your face. Um, uh, and you know, today Colin Holderman, who's been a bright spot, you know, he's had he had a bad outing against the Dodgers, but like. A bright spot, nonetheless. Um, had immaculate inning against the Rays. So, yeah, they had First some guys. The yeah. I love this Johan Ramirez. I love uh, Jose Hernandez. Like they've got some some guys that have a high ceiling and um, that you can bet on. Uh, I'm just I'm waiting to see some more young guys come up. You know, Andy Gonzalez, Davis, Luis Ortiz. Yeah, be knocking on the door. 
Yeah, and, and I'll finish with this with the Pirates. I don't want us to, to – I, I can talk about this all yeah. night. Yeah. Um, two things. They got 44 stolen bases right now. Huge. Incredible. I, I love the aggressiveness. I I think that's a great ident- identity thing for the team, and I think Chelsea talked about this the other day. You know, they're, they're not hiding who they are. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to run on you. They're going to move runners over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, doing it consistently. Um Last thing I wanted to end on with the Buccos, and then we can move on, was the Adam Frazier trade with the oh. Padres. Okay. Swins- was it Swinsky and Marcano? Yes, they and they got um, another player who I don't. I think it was a uh, Hudson Head or no? Was he in the Mustard? It was a. Uh, is it Michael Million or pitcher relief pitcher? Or yeah, so. So people were freaking out about that at the time because Frazier was tearing it up. The, the Padres got him for a half a season. Frazier hasn't really done much since. I think he's been on two separate. He's been on the Mariners and the Orioles. Yeah, right. The, the Pirates got Jack Swinsky and Marcano, who were contributing. Swinsky last year had his bright spots. Was super frustrating coming into this year. I think both both of us can admit we didn't have high hopes for Swinsky. Yeah. Um, to the point where, I mean, it, it was getting frustrating on opening day when we saw him. He goes 0 for 4, 4 strikeouts. Like, what is this guy doing in the lineup? Um, interesting stat on Swinsky. He's noticeably been better this year. He, mm-hmm. He's a great ath- athlete. He's a big guy. There are three guys in the league that are in the 70th percentile in five or more categories. Okay? Those categories are max exit velocity, barrel percentage, chase percentage, sprint speed, and outs above average. Okay. The first one is Mike Trout. The second one is Matt. He's all right. Yeah, okay. It depends who you ask. Yeah. The second one is Matt Chapman. Okay. Not not bad. All not right? bad. The, thir- the third one is Jack Sawinski. <laughs> who's four and five? Um, uh, who's behind them? I- I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> like, like, He's in good company I, already. I, I um, don't know. I don't know, and I bet there are two very good names or yeah, no. whoever's behind him. So I'm not – I'm not. I, I like Sawinski. My main thing is he's a platoon guy right now, and I don't think you could – I mean, obviously he's nowhere in the stratosphere of Trout or Chapman. Those guys are playing every day no matter who's pitching. If you can only go out there against righties, that's not going to be sustainable for the Pirates moving forward but props to jack yeah no listen i'll be the first one to admit i'm i'm starting to retract my bad feelings about jackson whiskey like he obviously is athletic um player and he's he's got um he he's got capabilities defensively he's he's i think the big thing with him at the plate is that the chase rate right um, you know, he's, I think he's always going to be a player that has like around a 30% strikeout rate. Right. But he's not chasing. Right. And that's huge. Cause I know a big emphasis talking to people within the organization. I know that a big emphasis this offseason was walking more, getting on base more. Um, and he's definitely done that. And I'm, uh, you know, that the next outfit, as Cody Duncan said, is going to be Sawinski, Cruz and Reynolds. So get ready. Hey, I- I commented on that tweet and I, I think I just quote tweet, tweeted and I was like, all right, relax. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't sound too bad. It doesn't sound like crazy. It doesn't, I mean, like, 
I, I don't think, I still don't think that's going to be the case yeah. when Cruz makes his debut. I think there's going to be somebody else there. I don't know who, uh-huh. um, but it's not a bad option. No, no, it definitely is not. Um, listen, we will do a whole pirate episode um, eventually, but we will move on to the Brewers here because this team in the NL Central is um, been the one of the better teams so far. Um, they took two or three versus the Angels at home. Uh, Wade Miley and Corbin Burns both contributed uh, quality starts. And Milwaukee was looking to avoid a sweep at Coors today. Did they get swept? Do we know the result of the they, Brewers? The Brewers lost, Brewers lost today. So they got swept. Okay. Yeah. Bad so loss for them. Yeah. Pirates are str- strategic losing. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good job, yeah. Pirates. Great strategy. <laughs> um, can the Brewers win the Central? If you ask me, like, right now. I you think, want my, like, de- de- oh, go, go, go ahead. Yeah. If you were to ask me right now. I think the Brewers have one of the better chances to win the Central if they stay healthy, along with yeah. the Pirates and the Cubs. The yeah, Cardinals I, I are down obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the Cardinals making up that ground with how the Brewers, Cubs, and Pirates are playing, or at least how I think the Cubs can play. Uh-huh. I have, I have the Brewers as my number one right now, and I think when you look at their roster at least from an offense standpoint not much stands out from like a wow perspective um i mean like they have some big names with yelich but i mean that he hasn't, I mean, been he, the hasn't same. he hasn't been the same for years but they're 18 and 12 they got wade miley who put up another quality start today um his era is one uh 1.86. Corbin Burns looks like he's kind of coming back. Woodruff needs to come back. He's hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then, you know, they got Contreras behind the plate. Brian Anderson that has actually been playing pretty well. Oh. He's slugging 441 with an OPS of 760. I think Contreras um, is a, a low-key, really nice ad for them. Yeah. it's. I think it's a great ad. Um, and again, when I'm looking at this Brewers team, it's, it, there's nothing that I'm just like, wow, like they got this guy, they got this guy. Like, it's just, it, it, for whatever reason, it seems like it works. Mm-hmm. And especially in the Central, I just, I think they are the best team in the Central. And I think they are the favorites to win it. I know the Pirates are my team and they technically have a better record right now. We haven't played the Brewers yet. Um, but man, I think they're they're good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. So I am I'm actually going to I think the first series between the Pirates and Brewers in Milwaukee in June. Well, it will be my first time at um I think it's called something else now. Now it's not Miller Park, but um that'll be a fun series. Hopefully, the both of them are still like, you know, top of the division at that point. Um, they I feel like the Brewers over the past few years are a team that's always in contention to finish at the top of the division and their stat sheet is very the opposite of sexy like it's like right yelich is batting 230 like it's not the old yelich um they brought in jesse winker which i thought was a cool like flyer on a guy who could bounce back but i at the beginning of the season they got a lot of juice from these young guys bryce terang joey weimer um garrett mitchell garrett mitchell got a torn labrum he's out for the year which sucks yeah, it was the first round pick out of UCLA. Hopefully, Terang and uh, they've and Weimer, who've since then um, 
slowed down a little bit. Hopefully they can pick it up because I feel like that young energy really boot, like made them it made a difference on that team. Um, Contreras was a huge ad. Dude's batting over three hundred, I think, um, behind the yeah. plate. Huge. I I like the Brewers. I, I think you know before the seat before the year I picked uh, Padres Cardinals NLCS. I'm painting a clown face on my <laughs> as you can oh, see. Oh, if it, this makes you feel any better, so the Brewers get swept by the Rockies. Yeah. Okay, the Pirates swept the Rockies. If Transit facto, property. Transit yeah. property. <laughs> Pirates hey, greater than B, greater than C. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, um I mean, all, all jokes aside, it's it's just something about the Brewer scene. They always just I mean, I don't know if it's a Craig Council thing. Yeah. Um, but it's they're just they're good. I mean, they, they always look good. They play well together. Um I think Rowdy Rowdy's leading the team in home runs right now. He's yeah, got he a home run today. Nine, got which, me a I home mean, run on fantasy. Yeah, I mean, he's got yeah, not nine nine home runs, twenty two RBIs. I mean, I mean yeah. his numbers other than that aren't going to be sexy, but like, what more can you ask for? No, he's going to contribute though in the power department. And he's going to yeah. slug and get you big hits. Um, you know, I yeah, I think this Brewers team is going to finish towards the top unlucky it's kind of like the Mets getting swept by the Tigers um not a great series for them yeah. uh but I think they'll bounce back um the Reds well you're not going to spend too much time on the Reds okay they yeah. took two of three in Oakland um a strong 10k start from Henry Green and then they also they lost two of three in San Diego on the western trip um at the end of their western trip um, this the only thing about this team that excites me. I really like a lot of their young guys. Nick Senzel is an example of a prospect you don't give up on too early. Uh, like Jared Kelnick, he's been one of the best hitters this month. Um, right. I love Tyler Stevenson. I want to see a full year of um plate appearances from Tyler Stevenson. I want to see the numbers that he can put up because I think he's one of the best young catchers in this league. Yeah, I also like Jonathan India and Spencer Steer is a name that like not enough people are talking about like he's their starting third baseman. He's a rookie this year. Got was acquired in the Tyler Maley trade, I believe from the twins. That's right. Yeah. Other than that, like this team, like Kevin Newman's DH and in bat in fifth. Yeah. It's, it's not great in Cincinnati right now. Ho- hopefully they, they can turn some things around. It's going to be tough if the central is going the way I think it's going. I mean, they're, they're the bottom feeders, which is yeah. awesome for me to say at this point. Um, that we've kind of crawled our way from the basement, but I mean, they, they do have some stuff to look forward to Hunter green. I mean, I think he's going to continue to make progress. I, I, he's hittable. Yeah. I mean, very I, much so. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fast you throw nowadays. You um, can't command your fastball too. That's his right. big thing. Like when he doesn't command his fastball, um, he gets right. in trouble pretty quickly. Right. But you know, Nick Lodolo, I, I really like, um, Love Lodolo. Like you said, Stevenson and India, I think, are good pieces to have on the team. Um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, TJ Friedel, uh, slashing 311, 357, 427 fast. right now. Fast. TJ Friedel? He's fast. Yeah. yeah. So, also not bad. I think he's leading their team in, in all those categories at the moment. So, yeah, he's, he's a good piece. I remember... Um, he was uh he went undrafted. No one knew that he was drafted. Hudgeball and the Reds signed him after the uh, I forget what year it was, but he was at our University of Nevada. Um, this team, I'm I'm gonna admit something here. 
when we were doing our NL Central preview at the before at the beginning of the season, I was going to pick the Reds or the Pirates uh, because I was like, you know, they have pieces that I that I really like that I think are big names in this game that are only scratching the surface. Tyler Stevenson, Jonathan India, and they have some young pitchers. I like Graham Ashcraft. I like Hunter Green. I think you know he hasn't come close to reaching his ceiling, but I'm glad I picked the Pirates above them. Um, the veterans on that team has made have made a huge different difference. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't, I, this Reds team. I mean, they're waiting on Ellie De La Cruz, who's like the next coming of O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz. They got a, a lot in return from the Mariners and the Luis Castillo trade. The Cincinnati's. I don't know what they do year to year. It's like oh, we're competing, we're not competing, we're selling, we're buying. You know, it's back and forth constantly there. So yeah, I think they just need to kind of buy in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and just go from there. It's a process, um, but we'll see. I don't think we need to spend too much time on them. They're they're thirteen and eighteen right now. And uh, shout out Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer, Sarah's yeah. one of her. I think it was her first name on her segment. So yeah. shout out Buck Farmer. Um, NL West. Let's get wrap this up. We'll got we'll, we'll start with the Snakes because that's my one of my favorite teams in this league right now. Yes, love the Snakes. Um, the Serpentes. Yes, they take two or three in Colorado. Um, they've got so much young talent. Um, you know, someone who scared me because I have him in every fantasy league I'm in, Corbin Carroll, because I, I love his play, like his game. I just love Corbin Carroll. He left Saturday Saturday's game with a knee contusion. He came back um, this week. Uh, it was yesterday he came into the game as a pinch hitter. Um, they've got a lot of young talent. Gerardo, Gerardo Perdomo, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Gabriel Moreno, Dominic Fletcher, was on Team Italia. Shout out. Um, mm-hmm. They split with two games. They split a two-game series in Texas. Brandon Fott, their their um, top pitching prospect, debuted. He struggled seven earned runs, 4.2 innings pitched. Like, hey, what are you going to do? You, you you make your debut against one of the best offenses in right. in the league right now. Not really worried about him. I I, I like his, his stuff a lot. Um but yeah, this team's got a lot of young talent. Do you think they're for real? Do they have a, a shot at the playoffs? Because they were lit, winning the NOS for quite a while here in the first month. If you're going to ask me today whether they're making the playoffs, yes or no, I'm going to say no right now. I do have some – I agree with everything you said. I I love the D-backs. I think they have great talent. Zach Gallen seems oh. unhittable, unhittable right Zach now. Zach Gallen. It's my pitcher of the week last week. Yeah. Uh, he He's incredible. Moreno's hitting 286 with 14 RBIs. You say Corbin Carroll's electric. Um, Merrill Kelly's giving them some good starts. You know, Captain America, Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly. Um, they're ninth in the league in runs scored. So they're, they're doing something right. I, I have some qualms with the back end of their bullpen, whether or not they're going to be able to, to carry on throughout the rest of the year and just stick around in the NL West. But I think it's safe to say that the D-backs are exciting and they're going to be a team to look out for maybe this year, but moving forward, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, their bullpen, yeah, it's definitely incomplete. They got a lot of, like, older vets in there. Mark Melanson, I think, is in the back of the bullpen right now. Um, I like a lot of their young pitchers. And when you have a lot of young pitchers, you got to give yourselves time. So that's why I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs this year, like Ryan Nelson, Brandon Fott, um, Dre Jameson. And mm-hmm. Zach Gallen being the ace of that staff, like those are going to be a, a unbelievable four in like two years. Just wait. Right. Um, 
add another vet to that crew, like it's, they're going to be formidable. And I really like Geraldo Perdomo is batting like 380 right now. Um, this, I like this team a lot. They're just fun to watch. Like if you have MLB TV and you're up late at night and you don't know who to watch and the D-backs are on, like this is a team that you're going to watch because they're fun. Corbin Carroll is going to yeah. probably steal two bases a game. Um, and Zach Gallon is borderline unhittable. Like you said, he's, he's been unreal. So um, moving on to the, let's go to the Dodgers. The Dodgers sweep the struggling Cardinals at home. Clayton Kershaw is like still a, a maniac. Seven innings pitch, two hits, nine Ks on Saturday and a one nothing win. That's my type of game. I like a nice pitcher's duel. I'm a psychopath. Um, <laughs> they also, they, they then sweep the Phillies. They had six straight wins, two straight sweeps. Now they're first in the West. West. They uh, moved past the Diamondbacks. They put up 36 runs on the Phillies. They outscored them 36 to 11. Gavin Stone, their top pitching prospect, debuted. And Max Muncy had an electric walk-off grand slam against none other than Craig Kimbrell. This Dodgers team, like you can't ever count out the Dodgers. This is why the Diamondbacks, like when it comes, if you put a put a gun to my head, I would say Diamondbacks are not making the playoffs because you got the Dodgers and the Padres. Dodgers right. are going to be there. Even though they lost some guys, they're going to be there. Yeah, it, it, it's similar to my opinion on on the Houston Astros right, right now. I, I wasn't worried about the Dodgers. Um, they, they got guys. Muncie is an absolute dog. Um, such a violent but sweet swing from the left side. Sweet and swing, you just, yeah. You just know right when he makes contact, the ball is gone. And he he knows it too. Um and like you said, Kershaw, it's it's unbelievable. What is he, 30, 35? Yeah, he's around there. 35, 36, something I mean, like that. I think they have him on like one year deals every year. They're just it's like LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy can pitch. I mean, like I know he had some issues, but it just just if, if Kershaw said, Hey, I want a five year deal, hundred million or like two hundred million, I think give it to him immediately. But I think he's just like He's content with just getting what he's getting right now and just going out there and shoving year in and year out. Um, it, it's just the consistency is unreal. And then obviously you got Mookie on the team. You got Muncie, Frederick Freeman. I mean, the, it goes on and on with, with these guys. James Outman and uh, could be an NL Rookie of the Year. Um, comparable comparable numbers and percentages to our guy Jack Sawinski. Um, yeah, a comparable player. Seriously. Yeah, very good. And um, you know he he's been good defensively. He's been good at the plate. I I like this Dodgers team moving forward. I think they're going to get better. And knowing the Dodgers, they're going to add, you know, somebody at the deadline. Who knows who that's going to be? I think it's going to depend on how how things play out for some other teams. I'm kind of hinting at some other other stuff right now. Um, but you know, I think they've they've cleared some space for some certain people. Definitely, um, and by people, I mean one specific person. Um, is he I'll, like thirty <laughs> miles south? Just about, yeah. Okay. And you, the listeners can figure that out. I don't think we need to name names here. I've been, I've been calling that, and everyone thinks yeah. I'm crazy. They're like, there's no way they're going for him. I'm telling you, he's going to be a Dodger. Yeah, that that's that's such a Dodger move. Um, yeah, I, I'm not worried about him. Um, the Dodgers are going to be just fine. Yeah. No, they'll be in there for sure. Um, let's talk about the Padres because that's you know, that was my World Series pick this year. 
Um, and, you know, they're hovering right above 500. Uh, some of their stars got off to a slow start, like Soto. He hasn't really played well since he – well, I want to say he doesn't play well, but, the, uh, you know, the batting average and everything has been pretty low since he's gotten to San Diego. Uh, Machado started a little bit slow. Tatis just came back. Um, they just – and I know we want to talk touch on this here shortly, but the Giants versus the Padres in the first ever Mexico City series, there was 11 homers in game one. Crazy. San Diego takes both games. Um, they won the first game 16 to 11. Um, and then they then San Diego San Diego takes two of three versus Cincinnati. Blake Snell and Seth Lugo gave us quality starts. We can talk about the Mexico City series here for a little bit, but are we also worried about the stars on this team? Like, is it too early to start panicking? It's I think it's too early. Yeah. Um it's just it's too early for me to be worried when you look at these types of names. Um, and I know everybody's worried about Soto. Um, I think he had some struggles with with uh, the pitch clock. He's notorious for taking his time at the plate, playing mind games. You know, the, the mental aspect of baseball, everybody knows, is is so big. But um, that was – everybody knows the Soto shuffle, him looking down the pitcher. He He simply just can't do that anymore. And I think it made him a With little the pitch bit clock, yeah. Right. It makes him a little bit uncomfortable. He admitted to it. He said, like, I don't like the pitch clock. Like, I can't play my mind games. I can't think about things. He's constantly using his timeout. Like, almost, if you if you watch the game, every at-bat, like, he has to take that time to kind of process things. But this is another thing. Like, you mentioned, like, hey, if, if you got MLB TV and you're up late here, at least on the East Coast, Turn on a Padres game and your jaw is going to drop when they come up to the plate. You have Tatis leading off and you're like, all right, that's awesome. Then Manny Machado comes up and you're like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> then Juan Soto comes up and you're like, what is happening? And yeah. then, then Bogarts comes up and you're like, this is a joke, right? So, <laughs> is this an all-star game? or? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, just those four guys, I think all four of them went deep in uh one game in in the the mexico uh, city series yeah um i wouldn't be surprised if that happens again at least one more time in the season yeah it's they're just too good not to be good as a team and it would be a real shame if san diego is spending all this money on these guys and, and they don't produce i just don't see it happening um, I, think I found myself be- rooting for them because, like, they're a smaller market that spent money that went all out, right? And I'm like, right. I want this to work because, like, this is so good for baseball, and I think it will work. Like, I think it's way too early. Like, Tatis hasn't played base, hasn't played Major League Baseball for like over a year. Um, you know, guys get off the slow starts all the time. Like Soto, I still like think he could be an MVP this year in NL. He was my pick to be MVP. Right. And I think he's a perennial MVP candidate. I I think he's like too good. They got he's got too much of that dog in him, not to yeah, um, man. put it together, figure it out. So I, I I like this San Diego team a lot. They're gonna get hot and it's gonna be scary. Um I think the pitching is gonna get better. Snell looked good in his last start. Um I know it was against the Reds, but I mean he's Musgrove is back too. Yeah, Musgrove's back. Um they got Darvish out there right i mean it's it's a lot of big names but they're also fun to watch they've carried over the pinata celebration after wins yeah. uh for mexico city and into san diego it's it's a fun team 
you know, I'm again, I'm not really worried about him. I'm just, I'm hoping Soto can kind of figure his thing out and they're, they're going to be all right. Yeah, same, same. Um, I really like this team. They, uh, Josh Hader's been great. Um, their bullpen that's another, is, yeah, that's another an, one that I forgot about. Josh yeah, Hader. Josh Hader. He's him and Bedner have been the best closers in baseball. Um, they've got some depth in their bullpen. I, I, you know, and Seth Lugo, sorry, RJ for bringing him up too, but like <laughs> another good player that they acquired, like he has been playing, uh, pitching in the bullpen for the Mets over the past couple of years, but like he's a good starter too. He's got the highest spin rate on his curveball. Like his curveball is absurd. Um, the guy shoves, um, and has shoved before with the Mets. And um, I'm excited for him to get that extended look here in San Diego. This is going to be a fun team. I think they're going to be there at the end. And the Do- the Dodgers and Padres, I believe, play this weekend. So great series to look yeah. forward to. Let's talk about the last two teams here. we got the Rockies and the Giants. We'll start with the Rockies. Um, the Rockies, to me, like they're, they swept Milwaukee at home, which is great. Kyle Freeland's been, ever since he's got his, his extension this offseason, Pitch pretty well for them. Um, they've got like an okay lineup. Like Chris Bryant's been really good this year. Chuck Nasty, Char- uh, Blackman is is a reliable yeah. top of the water bat. Ezekiel Tobar, I think, is going to be a, a budding star in this game. Former Bucko Elias Diaz is not doing bad at all. Not bad. Uh, hitting three thirty seven behind the dish. He's got sixteen RBIs too. It's tough for me to to kind of judge this this Colorado team. I look at the lineup or I look at the names they have. And I do like a lot of these guys. I've Chris Bryan, obviously. Uh, I've always liked Ryan McMahon. He gets on base a lot. I I don't know what he's getting at a clip this year. He's doing all right. He has an OPS of six ninety four. It's just I think it's going to be a process for this this Rockies team. Yeah, I think so too. Um... They've got some prospects coming up, and um, I don't know. It, it's hard to tell what they're doing from one year to the next. Like they signed, they no one thought they were going to sign Chris Bryant. They did, so yeah. Um, it'd be nice to see them pick a lane, um, but you know that's that's Rockies baseball, unfortunately. Um, and then the Giants, real quick. The Giants, like to me, I've been telling Sarah this, and we this we can elaborate more on the Mexico City series here too, because that they lost both games in Mexico city to San Diego. Um, this team to me is like boring, like super boring. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like they lost out on two big free agents. They, they're in a big, big market. They lost out on Crayon and judge. Um, you mean arson judge? Arson judge. Giants? Yeah. Arsonist. Yeah. yeah. You know, 18 rowdy arsonist. Uh, <laughs> they took two or three in Houston, Logan Webb and D Scalfani have quality starts. These like they can like they revive pitchers. Kevin Gosman, T. Sclafani, Ross Stripling, like they'll, they'll Alex Cobb. Um, yeah. they've got a good front office, good coaching staff. Like it's just rosters is boring to me. Like I just I want to see a star in San, San Francisco. And yeah, I don't. It, I like Arizona a lot more than them. Like Arizona is way more exciting for me. And absolutely, you know, I hope Joey Bart turns it on. Blake Sable, who could be a Pirates catcher right now, is mm. doing pretty well. Um, they lost him to the Rule Five, but you know this brings me to the Mexico City series too. Eleven home runs in the game one. You know I love that MLB is trying to expand, you know, in other markets, and um, you know Mexico City has been rumored as a uh, expansion city 
to, in my opinion, it will never work. I don't know what your opinion is, but like Mexico City, I you know I would I would love to play your annual game down there. Altitudes twice that of Denver. Um, it is a boombox unless you have a pressurized dome. Um, home routine fly balls turn into home runs, and no no pitcher's going to sign there. Like no pitcher signs in Colorado. I just right. I just don't think it would ever work. Um, but I would yeah. I love the annual like game series there. Love that idea. I love the idea of expanding the game in other markets like NFL does in London and elsewhere. So yeah, I I agree. I think the expansion is inevitable. It's going to happen somewhere. Um, and I think it's going to take a while. MLB is going to test out different areas. Yeah, I just I was going to say before you said it, who the hell is going to want to pitch there? Yeah, absolutely exactly. nobody. Um. But it was electric. I electric. mean, I mean, it's the players clearly enjoyed it, at least from the Padres. I saw tons of videos of the Padres enjoyed it. I know they were winning, but yeah, it's it's Viva Mexico. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, I just I, going back to this giant scene, man. You got Yastrzemski going to the 10 day DL. Other than I got some notes, they got some solid outings from Cobb, Webb. Um, and Descalfini, he, he's got a 213 ERA right now. It's just, it's, it's very underwhelming. Yeah. Sean Manaya, you like, I feel yeah. like he's going to have a good year there, but like, it's just Mitch Hanniger just finally came back off the IL. Michael Conforto, who didn't play in the past year, but like, I don't know. Um, I like Gabe Kapler as a manager. This team is just under, like, I feel like they could do so much more. Like, they could add more. Right. Um, but you know, I they can you you gotta like they're not gonna finish at the bottom of this division. They're gonna give the Arizona a dogfight. Um, I just think they're clearly behind LA and San Diego. So it's between them and Arizona there for the third spot. Yeah, give me Arizona. Give me Arizona, yeah. All right, dude. This sums up our week five preview. This was awesome. We chopped it up, uh, talked a lot of baseball. This was fun. When we come back from this break, we are going to talk players of the week. Um, and we're also gonna give um some matchups that we're excited for that going into this weekend and talk about some legendary names in the game of baseball. So let's do it. Do it. Welcome back. We're gonna go over plays of the week, pitcher and hitter of the week. Sure, who was your I, I'm I'm really excited to hear your play of the week. Let's hear it. So I got two here, and, and since I'm going first, I had one. That was my definite. I'm going to this the minute I saw it, and then I I turned on that. I'm going Cedric Mullins diving catch. Oh, that was in, on my uh, list. On in in right right center field, he is just yeah against the Royals. The the everything from his jump to the route to the catch itself and the ground that he covers is absolutely oh. spectacular. I mean, they call him Cedric the Entertainer. For, for a reason he is just he is so good defensively out there and he covers so much ground and, and the minute i saw that it's the first thing that that came to mind i mean that that has to be my play of the week love it no that was a great one i was actually gonna be one of my top picks i am gonna go with i i know which one i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with one Franco. he was my play of the week um, last week too i'm doing it i'm doing it i know i'm gonna Upset a lot of old heads in here. Um, Wander Franco throwing up the baseball. Like, I don't under I don't think people realize like 
how much skill that take i i mean like it seems so nonchalant but like you could easily fuck that up really easily like yeah it would have been a major problem if he it did. would have been a major problem like, <laughs> it would have been he did it with so gracefully and like right with ease i just i thought it was so, like it's entertaining and it was against the pirates which sucks but like it was it was entertaining and um, he's so good for the game of baseball. I love Wander Franco. Yeah, he, perennial it, it, it makes the old heads mad, but I mean, listen, we don't need them anyways at this moment. The, the game's moving forward. There's a new era of guys that are going to keep doing stuff like this, and it's going to be awesome. Exactly. Exactly. All right, who is your hitter of the week? All right, my hitter of the week, no surprise, is Brian Reynolds. Oh, right. let's hear it. So, Brian Reynolds is on an eight-game hit streak, at least as, as of yesterday. Um, okay. Five ball, five multi-hit games within that eight-game hit streak. Seven doubles, six RBIs, four runs scored. He's hitting 330, 372, 585 with the WRC plus of 150. Um, okay. He's just so – and I this is a homer pick for sure, but I don't think anybody can make the argument that Brian Reynolds is in the top player in this game. Um, he is just so good, and I think he gets overlooked because he's not the flashiest guy. He kind of just goes out there and does his thing, but he does it from both sides of the plate, and he does it so well. Um, so hats off to Brian Reynolds. Love that. Love that pick. I think that was Sarah's pick last week. So we're going to have – I'm going to pick Wander Franco two weeks in a row as play of the week, play of the week and we're going to have two Brian Reynolds hitter of the weeks. Love that. Um, my hitter of the week is Sean Murphy. Nice. I had a couple picks. I like Verdugo. I like Yoshida. I like Brent Rooker. Um, Sean Murphy this week, six for 14, 429 average, two home runs, seven RBIs. Um, he's been a major addition for this Braves team. Major. Him and Olsen from the A's. Like, I think he puts them over the top because he's not only a great offensive catcher, but he's defensively one of the better catchers in the league. And like we talked about with hedges, like that bar is low offensively. Right. Um, so love what Sean Murphy is contributing in Atlanta. Um, on to pitcher of the week. I'm excited to hear what you have here. Do you have another pirate? I don't. I don't. Um, man, this is tough for me. I have I have three guys right now that I really like. And I think I have, I do I have know three one. too. I think I'm going to take one of them from you. Go ahead. And I'm I'm interested to hear the rest of who you have. Um, okay. My pitcher of the week is Mason Miller. Ooh. Uh, seven innings pitched, four walks, zero runs, no hits, six strikeouts. Um, Pittsburgh guy, Waynesburg University. I think we touched on it a little bit earlier in the yes. podcast. I mean, who knows what Oakland's going to be in the next couple of years or whether it's going to be the Vegas days, but – Mason Miller is a he, he's a dog, um, and he needs to. I think he's going to keep making huge strides, and it, it's going to be a shame because he's not going to get much support on that team at least this year. Um, but I mean, no hitting through seven and not letting him go the distance is is questionable. I think they ended up losing that game, mm-hmm. but yeah, shout out Mason Miller. Um, that's my pitcher of the week. Let's go. I love that. Um, he was not on my list, actually. Really? Um, I, yeah, surprisingly. I, I I actually went with 
some vets here. My runner-ups are Clayton Kershaw and Nathan Eovaldi. And I can't pick him because he, again, just he like loves pitching against the Yankees for some reason. It's mm-hmm. it's annoying. Um, but my pick is Kevin Gosman. Oh, nice. So he got the W against Seattle. Um, I think a team who they're going to be competing with for um, seeding in the AL. Seven innings pitch, six hits, zero runs, one walk, 13 Ks, a career high. Um, he came up big for them. I love what he has. Like He was a top 10 pick in the MLB draft at LSU. And never really put it together until he went to the Giants. Uh, Giants get the most, most out of their guys. And then he got a big deal with Toronto. Um, and he's been great ever since. I thought he'd struggle in the AL East because the AL East is not the NOS. It's, it's different. It's a gauntlet. So shout out Kevin Gosman. Um, that is my pitcher of the week. You you have any uh, honorable mentions for pitcher of the week? I'm interested to see who you have. Just Kershaw and Eovaldi were on my list, honestly. Okay. Who do you have? Yeah, I had uh, Sonny Gray and Chris Ooh. Dale. Love Sonny Gray. I love yeah. that pick. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and Chris Dale, you know, I just, I just wanted to kind of show him some love there, especially wanted to throw a lefty in there since we got the whole Molly Duker theme here. Yeah, um, one funky the, lefty yeah. too. Yeah, funky lefty. Um, and he went six, six and one third, one run ball. Um, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. So, hopefully, he can continue. But, um, th- those are my three picks. Awesome, love that. Um, let's move on to our next segment, and that's going to be the series to watch for the weekend. We're gonna have two each. This is a big weekend. Like, I have a list of like eight matchups that yeah. are going to be great matchups. Um, we're going to pick two each. Who? What's okay. your first matchup that you're excited for this weekend? I also have a list here. Um, it's tough. I really like the Houston versus Mariners matchup. Um, the Love Mariners are favored minus 145 at home. I think this one could go either way. I think both teams are electric i mean we talked about it before the mariners are just exciting houston also just has it um you know they got off to a little bit of a slow start but they're going to keep going and i think this is going to just be a great a great series uh starting tomorrow um i, I love that because i, I kind of want to see if seattle can take over the west like i right i am like i believe in seattle so much i just this is going to be a big series for them and it's at home yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, and I'm sure that crowd's gonna show up for that. Um, my other my other top matchup, and this is difficult. I, I got a couple here. I'm I'm going Baltimore at Atlanta. Oh, um, that's on my list. Ba- yeah, Baltimore has some interleague play here. Um, Atlanta is favored at home at least tomorrow minus two o five. Um, as we talk, I mean Atlanta is just they're a well-oiled machine everything's going right for them uh but i i'd like to see if baltimore can can go in there and, and take a series it would really just kind of solidify my opinion about them and and strengthen their chances in the uh in the east love that love that that's gonna be a great series um my first one is dodgers at padres i i think this yeah. is the yankees red Sox of the west um, I'm excited for this series. I'm I'm gonna come home tomorrow night after we go to the Blue Jays Pirates game, and I'm gonna watch the Dodgers Padres for sure. 
Um, that's going to be a great series. And then um, I have I'm having a, a lot of trouble because I have like five other matchups here that I that I have to pick from, but I'm going to go Rangers Angels because and it's at Angels because I think that these two teams are going to battle for that third spot in the West, and I'm just interested to see how Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Anaheim, right? Yeah, let's be real. Let's be real. Come on, hey, Los Angeles. Come on now. Um, I want to see how they approach this series. Can they um, can they hold off this offense of Texas? Can they um, establish themselves as legit? Um, I'm like, I find myself rooting for the Angels. Come on, guys. You have the two most generational talents. You will never have this ever again, ever. Right. Let's let's, let's figure this shit out. Some other matchups I really am excited for, and I'll just name two more. If you want to name more, you can as well. I like the Yankees at Rays. I need to know if the Yankees are going to fight, uh, especially without Judge. Like This is a big series for them. They could really make a name for themselves here. And I really like Twins at Guardians. I think that's the top of the AL Central, that ugly division. Like, that is, yeah. Are the Twins the the dad of that division or is Cleveland always going to be like there? Yeah, no, I, I had a, a similar list. I also had Dodgers Padres um, Dodgers going into San Diego, at least tomorrow or our favorite at minus minus one twenty five. That's a Kershaw versus Musgrove. So oh, that, that, that should be a good that one. Is a, we're going to watch that somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then my other one that I had that, that intrigued me was Boston going into Philly. Um, Stale versus Wheeler tomorrow. Philly's favored. It's just two teams that I feel like are kind of turning a corner right now. Um, I know it's early, but I, I'm interested to see how that series plays out. Yeah, I also put on Pirates Blue Jays. I mean, we're going to be there. I mean, the Pirates could bounce back at home against an ALEs team. It'll be a fun series. I know there will be yeah. a lot of people going to the ballpark this weekend. And 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 I was gonna I was gonna print out a photo and and, and show it, but uh, the short lived Pittsburgh Blue Jays. I don't know if you remember that. Oh uh, my god! Back they're, in the COVID year, twenty twenty, they come. were gonna play here. Right, they were gonna do all their 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 home games here, and uh, the city shut it down. Damn. But you know uh, they had that those great those great strip district mock-ups of um, the blue Jay with like the, the steel logo stars in them. It was I'm wondering if I can still get that shirt somewhere, but there's a connection. Um, there's a connection for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, already next segment. Sure. Do you want to introduce this as like, this is an idea of yours. I love it. It's kind of a spinoff of, of a segment that Sarah already has weekly, but since she's not here, we're going to kind of put our own little twist on it. Yeah, so um, this actually I had this idea last night as I was after the uh, Pirates Rays game. Uh, Scott was there, um, and I was we were watching with a couple of other buddies. Um, I believe after um, after the game and after everyone left, we were watching some foolish baseball videos. And uh, one of the videos we turned on was the top ten worst no hitters of all time. So he's going through his list and he he's going back. He's going in his bag back to like 1909. And some of the names that he was mentioning were just the most old timey, most made up, ridiculous, no way somebody named their kid this type name. Um, it, it's it's just stuff of cartoons. 
And then you Google it and you're like, oh, that guy did have that name or people called this guy <laughs> whatever his entire life. So I mentioned to Scotty here, uh, we should have the best names in baseball segment where we kind of break down the most ridiculous names or most old timey names and then give a little bit of background on who these guys were. Um, so I got my name. I know you got yours. Do uh, you want to start it off or you want me to go right into it? I'll start it off. Let's go. All right. All right. I have, um, this is fun. All right. I, I did some <laughs> research today and it's funny because we had lunch today and you mentioned this guy's name. I have, let me give his full name first. Hold on. His name is Liddell Titcomb. Nice. And Titcomb. what did they call him, Scott? What they, did they call him? They, they call him <laughs> Cannonball Titcomb. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy, this guy was um, a pitcher in, from 1886 to 1890. Long career. He just threw <laughs> probably threw like 30 innings a game. Uh, um. 30 and 29 record, 347 ERA. Wonder what his FIP was. Um, 283 <laughs> strikeouts. Eric Cole gets that in one season. Right. Um, from West Baldwin, Maine. He debuted with the Philadelphia Quakers in 19, 1886. Whoa. Wow. And he played for the Athletics in 87 of Philadelphia. He played for the New York Giants in 87 and 80 to 89. And then he played for the Rochester Broncos in 1890. He was an 1888 National League champion and pitched a no-hitter on September 15th, 1890. Oh, he's got Cannon- a no-no. He's got a no-no. Cannonball Titcomb. I don't know if the B is silent. Titcomb? I don't know, but you know, I, I don't know why I'm acting surprised because he was on Foolish Baseball's list. That's how I heard the name, Cannonball Titcomb. I was like, that's there's no way that's a real person. It, it is cannonball. I mean, this guy was the 1800s version of Clayton Kershaw, from my understanding. He threw, he was a, a southpaw, which is right. you know right for this moment. We got the fucking Molly Duker. Exactly, exactly, man. Shout out cannonball. If any of his family is listening, hit us up and uh, we'll, we'll send some Falvine merch your way. Oh, oh, all the merch. <laughs> how many? Side note: How many baseball players are from Maine nowadays? I can only name one. And I don't think he plays anymore. But do you remember Ryan Flaherty played for the Orioles? Yeah. He yeah. was from Maine. He played at Vanderbilt. Um, no. Other than that, I don't know any. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, Maine doesn't really seem like a hot spot. No. No. All, all right. Hey, so I, I got one here. Um, and I, I got this. I, I simply just typed in 100 best baseball names. And I, I read every single one of them. And, and this one really stuck out for me. We got Mordecai. Three finger Brown. Oh, Mordecai Brown. Let's go. Yeah, Mordecai Brown, aka Three Finger Brown. Right away, when I read the name, I, I bursted out laughing because <laughs> it's just absurd. But then when you read about the guy, it's it's quite fascinating. So Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Three Finger here, Mr. Mordecai Three Finger Brown, started off in semi-pro as a third baseman. Okay. Never pitched. And this was in 1898. Just picture this, Scott. Mordecai is warming up. He's ready. He shows up to the ballpark for his game. God only knows what he was doing in 1898 before this game. He was definitely he wasn't not, warm. He was definitely not but, a tequila cowboy before the game. I he wasn't that. at tequila cowboy. Yeah. Again, who, who knows how he even got there? Um, 
but he he he's there. He's ready to play third base. Game's about to start. The pitcher does not show up for the game. Okay. This team, for whatever reason, I don't know if they had one pitcher on their staff or no one else was ready to go, but Mordecai says, hey, I'll do it. And he shows up and he pitches and he debuts for the St. Louis Cardinals in 1903. They might um, be able to use as a pitcher. Right. Yeah, they could use Mordecai. Um, but yeah, he gets his start because a guy didn't show up for a game. So he started wow. pitching and then he debuts for the Cardinals five years later. Career ERA of 206, 2.06 has a little bit above 1,300 strikeouts, two World Series wins, an NL wins leader, MLB ERA leader in 1906. He's a Cubs Hall of Famer a baseball hall of famer inducted in 1949 and he had six 20 plus win seasons, Mr. Mordecai three finger Brown. And what's even more interesting, you might say to yourself, why do they call him three finger? That's because Mr. Brown was also a farmer and he was feeding some, whatever you feed into like a chopper at a farm, got his hand mangled in the chopper and it cut was this off his, his pitching hand. Yes. Yes. It was his, it was his pitching hand. And so he cut off his index finger on his right hand. And not only did he do that, he had another incident where he got his hand mangled by like some knife. So he essentially looked like that. Dude. And apparently whatever way he was, Gripping the ball or however he did, they said he had like the most spin you would ever see, at least in that time period, which was probably, I mean, probably Rich Hill-like at this point. This but... guy sounds like <laughs> the old day Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, yeah, man. He was pissed off and oof, I don't want to get into this guy's politics, but, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know which way it goes. <laughs> um. Hey, shout out Madison. I know you're out there listening. You're not doing anything else, though. <laughs> He's with his girlfriend, Madison. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, big Mordecai three-finger Brown fan now. Um, I just thought it was an incredible story for, for a guy to go out there with no index finger on his throwing hand and, and put up the numbers that he did, no matter the era. And uh Yeah. That's awesome. Love that story. He uh, sounds like a a dog. Yeah, he um, is a dog. You know, this this was fun because this segment usually is, is Sarah picks like her favorite name of the week that she sees in an MLB game. I think she's picked Buck Farmer, Chrissy Boobs, Chris Boobich. Nice, um, both good. But um, you know, we we honored Sarah while she's she's away doing better things, drinking wine. <laughs> I'm jealous, right. as you, if you can't yeah. tell. But um, anyways, we will come right back and grade the wine. Get your comps ready. Let's do it. All righty. Let's do it. All righty. So we've had a whole episode of Talking Baseball, um, Talking Players of the Week, uh, names 
we've we've had a good good amount of time to sip on this wine. We got to think about a grade on the twenty eighty scale. I think I have my grade ready. Go ahead, but you you go first. This was your wine. All right. Yeah. I'll. I mean, this is like one of my all time favorites. I'm gonna give it a seventy. Love it. Yeah. It's 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 up there. Um, I gotta leave some room. I don't think anybody's perfect. Okay. Um, but it. I'm giving it a seventy. I think it's it's well rounded. Um, it's interesting. It, it adds a little bit more to the experience. Um, and I do have a player comp, but I want to hear what uh what your grade is on this. Alrighty, I'm a conservative grader. Um, it's one one area that I'm conservative in, unfortunately. Um, I <laughs> getting too political, Scott. Um, but I am going to say that this is a 55, which is an above average player. Yeah. I like this a lot. It's bold, but it's also fruity, especially when we did the whole shake and the bottle up. I, I I love that like uniqueness, this bottle. I have a comp in mind too, but you can go ahead and go first. So I'm going to do another Homer pick, and this is also my header of the week. We're going to go Brian Reynolds Ooh. with our comp here. Um, I got I got a couple of reasons for that. As I'm looking at my two wine glasses that we put out here, two wine glasses, we got a switch hitter, right? Got two sides of the plate. Um, you got your left side, the pre-shaken bottle, the right side, the shaken bottle, or you know, vice versa. Um, one of them is going to be a little different from the other, but both are good. Um, you know, whether you like the the bold fruity taste or the little bit more dry, um, dry flavor. Reynolds from both sides of the plate. I think he's a little bit more powerful from the left side. Um I like his swing a lot more from the left side. I think it's natural to like that lefty swing. Um, I would say that's the the post uh, shake in Molly Duker. It's a little bit more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's it's a little bit more smooth. It's it's a little bit more powerful um, when it comes to Brian Reynolds' power. Maybe the taste of the wine. Uh, the right side, it's a little bit more dry, but it gets the job done. Um, I love this. I love this yeah. description here. So you know, it's not the it's not the flashiest bottle of wine, um, but you know, don't get it's it's got a it's got a kick to it, and you know, it's going to get the job done. So, M- Mr. Reynolds is is my player comp. Uh, you came prepared for this uh, <laughs> comp and grade. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, last week Sarah and I had a sparkling orange. It was a funky orange wine. And mm-hmm. I comped it to Dustin May. I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. <laughs> but uh, I, did, I did. I did listen to that. So that was great. This week we have. Oh, we have a a southpaw. We have a lefty. What Duker is this name for? Yeah, a lefty. A Molly okay. Duker. Yeah. Okay. We have a funky lefty. Uh, an a natural lefty. Like I've I've never seen a a um process like this before where we shake up the bottle and this is an interesting wine and it tastes really good i like it it's above average um i'm going with nestor cortez let's go nasty nestor a a unique love it um funky lefty um that didn't even cross my mind that's amazing that's a great comp i was thinking chris sale because i was thinking like funky lefties um but i ended with yeah Na- say this wine different. knows how to this wine can ride a bike successfully it can you know? yeah and it will <laughs> it, 
it'll change up its delivery like in the middle yeah. of the bat like yeah no i like it i like it this is really good um i'm excited to share this wine with everybody um should definitely try it um yeah absolutely yeah and uh thank you scott for having me on uh the podcast i believe this is the 27th episode something like that i think so of the pod we're in season two right now i don't know when season three is dropping but we don't know uh, (laughs) it's um honestly when you you and sarah started this i thought it was a great idea and to see how consistently you guys have put out episodes but also the quality of them has been super impressive so shout out to you shout out to sarah out there in italy um it's an honor to co-host today and you know hopefully i can come back and do this again yeah absolutely appreciate that um really appreciate that you were a great guest host and i think like you're you're definitely our our um resident pirates fan and you're gonna be a reoccurring guest so we're gonna have we're going to do many more episodes together, uh, but appreciate you holding it down. I feel like we had a great conversation here about week five. We're one month into the season. Slow down. I want more baseball. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll talk week six. And sure, we'll have you back on. Great. I appreciate it, Scotty. Thanks for having me. All righty. Salute. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving While Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, big paper, I increase my wealth. Huh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, huh? Allow me to introduce myself.